0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, coming to you a little later. We had some little scheduling uh, stuff that, that got in the way, but we are back. We are better than ever because we are national champions. Travis Crins joining me, Nathan Stackin here, uh, the voice of the Mitchell Colonels. Of course, Travis Crins is. And uh, Travis, national champions again. How does it feel back-to-back oh, national no. champions for the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits?
1: It's all right. They uh, yeah, they beat beat Montana in the second half, pretty good. Slow starts, bad starts. First drive was good, and then turnover and fumbles and punts and this and that. And then Montana couldn't do anything, so they they couldn't score. So yeah, good uh, good win for SDSU. I they'll probably win it again next year, make it three in a row. So. Yeah, they're just, they're just that much better than anybody else. And USD finished, like, fourth in the final poll.
0: Which, it, it, it's weird. Yeah, they saw they finished fourth, but they were also tenth in, like, the coaches' poll or the media
1: there was I like think, a... I think they did finally vote them up. I think fourth. I don't know if I saw it right. I think they were tied for fourth. But... Maybe they were fourth. Maybe this was just a bad year because SDSU was so much better than everybody. Yeah. And USD just got pounded by North Dakota State, and they got pounded by SDSU. And maybe there was just that big of a gap between number one, and we saw the gap between one and two, one and three, one and four. And it was a a three-touchdown margin, a a four-touchdown margin for some. SCSU didn't play all that well. They still won by 20 points. So yeah. uh, that, that
0: tells you all you need to know. So, like, obviously, the first one is always going to be, I think, the most exciting or the, the the most satisfying, especially when you beat your rival, who's been, you know, the 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 model of consistency, the dynasty that you will like. That's what North Dakota State was. But I'm not going to. Take away from this. Like, this is a great championship. I love winning. I love that it's back-to-back. You know, that the back-to-back jacks has a nice ring to it. Nice sound. I do wish, though, they had played just a little bit better based on what we've seen from this crew all year. Really, like all four years, really. You know, from Isaiah Davis, the Yankee twins, uh, that offense flying, Grunowski and everything. So, I do wish they had played just a little crisper, a little cleaner. But... You know, give Montana credit—they're a very good team. They were a worthy opponent, but also, you know, for as much trash talk and as much shit talk as Montana fans were talking, boy, they kind of had to walk some back. They, because I saw a few people post like, "Holy cow, we didn't realize SESU's defense was that good." So, for as again, as much as I would have liked to see the offense play just a little bit better. Wow, that defense was good, and that tackle by Adam Bach is an all-timer. That is one of the best plays I think will ever go down in SDSU history because of the momentum shift it was there. Like he's inches away from the goal line there, and about ready to tie the game up at seven. It's just an incredible, incredible stop there by Adam Bach.
1: And they really didn't threaten to score again. Like I mean, they got an interception, they got them up punts. Like each drive they had was worse until at the end they couldn't do anything.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: SDSU didn't need to score again, but they did multiple times. Yeah, you the know, defense was down at fifty-nine nothing versus Albany. just dominant, like you're, you're Christ. They outscored
0: their opponents one forty-six to fifteen in the playoffs. the The defense had allowed one touchdown in their final forty-eight or forty-nine possessions. That is insane! That is historic stuff. We talk about how historically good NDSU was. I do wonder how they were 16-0 that one year, what, 2019? Like, did they did they play an extra game in the regular season? That doesn't make any sense to me. But beside the beside that point, SDSU finishes 15-0. And just the way they did, like, the offense I felt like the, the, the starters didn't have to play the majority or like the full game. The majority of the year because they were blowing teams out by so much. So you got the backups and you got them some quality work, and in, and in the playoffs again, outscoring in one forty six to fifteen. This is going to go down as one of the historically greatest teams in FCS football history. I'm not going to say it's the best. Because I'm sure there's an NDSU team or two in there that could stake a claim to it. There, I'm sure, you know, even before that, maybe a Marshall or an App State or someone else in the past. But, boy, this SDSU team has got to be ranked way up there in terms of the historic accolades.
1: Yeah, it's probably a top five team. And you've had, because the COVID year, so you had a lot of guys back who otherwise would not have been there for the fifth or sixth year. Mm-hmm. But they're taking advantage of that and you know Mark probably he'll probably be back. And I hope he doesn't no, lose, follow Zach no, Luan to Northwestern.
0: Huh? I hope he doesn't follow Zach Luan to Northwestern.
1: I wouldn't imagine what. would. Um like he probably uh, he was player of the game, but I don't think he played very really well at all. But the punter, Hunter Hunter should have been Adam Bach could have been player of the game, somebody on that defense could have been. Mm-hmm. I guess he was not the best player of the Gats. That's bad. You win it and usually give to the quarterback, but he did not play very well.
0: Well, the MVP is a quarterback award now in, uh, yeah. in the NFL. It takes a monumental effort by a non quarterback to win the Heisman. Uh, that's the way yeah. it seems as of late. So, yeah, I, I would have probably given it to Hunter Dustman. You know, five punts all yeah. inside the 22 punts, like in the five or inside the five. Incredible work by Dustman because that flipped the field position. So
1: yeah, that helps. So I mean, it's um, yeah, probably top five FCS team ever. A lot of the rankings at them around twenty to twenty-five for you know, all of college football.
0: We've so. seen we've seen NDSU get votes in the AP top twenty-five, but like for FBS, SCSU didn't garner one vote, and that is that a shift in the voting? Uh, no, like criteria, like how could you not say that SDSU wouldn't be one of the top twenty-five? Especially when you look at the Sagarin ratings and they're top twenty.
1: That India, I don't know who did that. I don't know if we ever found out who I think it was. What one get one guy did a couple people do that, but India because they because they beat an FBS team and South Dakota State didn't do that because they didn't have one to play. They were talking, oh, this team could win the Big Ten West. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not go fucking overboard here you know they lost to iowa last year they
0: could have won the conference usa this year i think
1: (laughs) could have been but but, you know they got more scholarships so how would that have played in if if you give sdsu 20 more scholarships for that that helps them but but they did not have to play and, and they still haven't beaten a you know they don't have that signature fbs win they they beat kansas they yeah. do they beat somebody else, they beat they beat Colorado State. you know they yeah. haven't beaten beating that you know team that you would make you say, wow, that's an impressive victory. They should have beaten Nebraska. they should have beaten Minnesota Teams out that, that weren't very good. The one year Minnesota was actually really good. The year they, they, they also should have beat them so That would have been a, I guess a quality win, but I see what they do against Oklahoma State, that would be their, their biggest one they've ever had. Well, it, it, that, would
0: be, that would be a big win. They're going to have a lot of turnover there. We know uh, Mason McCormick, Garrett Greenfield are both opting into the NFL draft. So, that mean, I thought this was their last year. Apparently, though, they put a, would have had an extra year because of the COVID. Uh, it sounds like Adam Bach is coming back, so that will help on the defense. Sounds like Hunter Dustman will come back. That'll help on the special teams. There, uh, you know, you have Tucker Large who's coming back. There's going to be a lot of turnover with this team, and that game against Oklahoma State is going to be a challenge. But again, like you, they're so deep, SDSU is, and you had a lot of guys play significant time this year. That hopefully that, that they can compete with Oklahoma State. It's not like Oklahoma State's a you know a dominant team. Look, look at what they did last this last year. They were rather Jekyll and Hyde.
1: Yeah, it's a tough place to play. We'll see how they do. If Mark Gronowski's back, we'll see what happens.
0: That's the key. I think if granowski comes yeah. back, they'll have... So, a yeah, sure. I mean, 29 straight wins, too. It sucks that, you know, like... If they beat Oklahoma State to kick off the year next year, and we don't want to look that far ahead, it's months away, but if but they, they do... They should go
1: undefeated if they beat them.
0: Yeah, 39, like... 39 wins is the record right now held by NDSU. That would be well within reach there.
1: Yeah, you'd have to beat an NDSU. And, like, they've been better than them for five years in a row now. Yes. So, I mean, they've been to the title game three of the last four years. They haven't lost the Bison in four or five years. So, like, they're, they, they are North Dakota State now. North Dakota State is now SDSU, the very good number two team, but not quite as good as number one.
0: Yep. Yep, and yeah, it 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 was great crowd down there too. Nineteen thousand plus of the vast majority were SDSU fans. Uh, just a, a great win. Back to back national champions. My championship gear will be ordered here sometime soon. Uh, are you gonna get a championship hat? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts on this? Because we, I mean. Again, it was just a great win, uh, a great to cap off a season like this was. SDSU was the best team at the beginning of the year. They played like it all the all the way through. It's not like they tripped up anywhere along the way. They were the best from the beginning of the season to the end, and there was really no one that came close. Montana State did in that Week Two game. That was a close game, but after that, SDSU just shelled everyone.
1: I don't see either South Dakota State, North Dakota State, or one of the Montana schools, when does anybody else ever win a national title? Uh, I mean... Like, North, North Dakota State was probably as bad as they were this year. This is their worst year in 15 years. Yeah. Like they were probably the second-best team. They had four losses, and they they finished third, third in the polls. You could probably make the case they were better than Montana. Um, going to overtime at Montana and losing the way they did. Like yeah, I mean, like, like North Dakota State could be the second best team. Yeah. And like I don't I don't see I say I don't see anybody besides SDSU or NDSU ever winning a national title, I'll say ever, but when does that change? I don't I don't see that change in any time in the next five years. I'm
0: trying to think like Villanova. I mean the big sky is pretty deep. Could Idaho maybe make a run? Jason Eck doing some stuff there um, I don't know Incarnate Word Incarnate Word comes up to Brookings next year so that'll be
1: yeah. you know you hmm. lose James Madison you lose all these other schools that have, you know Sam Houston yes it, it waters it down maybe jump up so like well you know, the competition just isn't there anymore so it's then it becomes a thing of okay let's say they win five of these okay well what time does it get old it's like alright North Dakota State state's won like eight so we've won five it's like what else is there to do now
0: Catch them! <laughs> I mean, that would be the only, the only thing at this point.
1: You're like uh, you know, Wisconsin, White Water, Wisconsin, uh, what's the other one? Eau Claire. Well, they just play every year in the Division Three. It's like, all right, here's mm-hmm. the annual game to decide the Division Three championship. Yep. So
0: Grand Val is it? Grand Valley State too. That's in there. Um, there's a oh, uh, you, mountain Union? U- Is there a Mountain Union? I think in Ohio yeah, they mountain were dominant Union, yeah, for yeah. A, a stretch there.
3: And like, at what
1: point do you, you know, they're not moving up anytime soon, but at what points does the dust settle and does this, whatever this second level of FPS is with, I don't know what, what, what that's going to look like. I don't know, is, is that the Sun Belt? Is that the Mac? I don't know what that's going to be, but do you then jump up there and you join that and they have their own playoff and yeah. they crown their own national championship, which would just be like the old. Division Division One Double A. So yeah. I don't know what to do um, with with the college football playoff. If you, I'm sure they'll back off to five division champs instead of the the current six.
0: Well, they won't mm-hmm. have a Pac-12, so
1: <laughs> there's no Pac-12. So I don't know what they're going to do. I'm sure they're going to change that because it's because they're bastards. But like if you could have two teams out of the Power Five, the Power Four now, if you could have a a team from the Mountain West is always going to make it and a team from the the Sun Belt or the AAC is always going to make it well then that means like people thought that uh, SGSU was better than Liberty and better than James Madison, they thought they were the best non-Power 5 team, well if that's the case then you're saying hey we're we're not going to win a national championship we're going to go move up, be the best non-Power 5 team and we're going to be the Eleven and twelve seed in the playoff, and we're going to make the Cotton Bowl, and we're going to play uh, a five seed in Florida State that can't do a goddamn thing. So,
0: don't you think that SDSU would have given Oregon a better game than than uh, Liberty did in the Fiesta Bowl?
1: I don't know what was that. But it was forty five to six. Defense probably would have been better, but yeah, probably. probably. Well they'll probably lose by three touchdowns. But and you know, we just didn't get to see them play Iowa this year, or anybody else.
2: Yeah.
1: to get a point where they're like, well, I get a big and won the Big Ten in the West. Like, no. I I I'm not I'm not going that
0: far. Congrats again to Jimmy Rogers, undefeated as uh head coach first year. They they pluck a, an offensive coordinator from from North Dakota to uh, to replace in part Luan's spot uh, they promoted offensive line head coach Ryan Olson to offensive coordinator so there's a co-offensive coordinator uh, dynamic going on here but that's uh, apparently this guy's a really good recruiter so that will help inevitably and uh, yeah the, the the future continues to look bright for SdSU might not be quite as bright next year as it was this year. But um, relish it, Jackrabbit fans. Your Jacks are back-to-back national champions at the FCS level. They did great. Uh, Michigan, winners on Monday night, 34-13 against Washington in the national championship game. Michigan got away with a lot of holding penalties. Uh, This game, uh, like it looked like Michigan was going to roll over Washington And just steamrolling with how they were running the football early on in the game. Washington did a great job in the second quarter, kind of you know, uh, get taking you know, kind of fixing some stuff and limiting Michigan's explosiveness. They got back. They were within seven into the fourth quarter. Just couldn't quite get the job done. Michael Penix was off. Uh, This was the you know if, if. this was your first look, first first glance at Michael Penix, and you had been hearing about how how great he was. This was not the uh, the game that you would take away as like, oh wow, he was great. It's like, why is everyone talking about how great this guy is now? Give credit to Michigan's defense, but I did think that the officiating in this game was not great. It see there was a lot of, uh, like I said, Michigan got away with several holding penalties. In there, but ultimately they were the better team, and Michigan won. And I can't wait to see this championship vacated in five years.
1: Can they? though? Can they vacate it? This is not an NCAA thing. This oh, is a college the, football playoff.
0: Yeah, but they're they're looking into it, so they can take away this championship. This it, it'll be gone here within five years.
1: I, I don't. I don't think their offense gets to that level. Their offensive line was just better. Their defensive line was better. The defensive line against Alabama and Washington just killed both of them. And the 300 rushing yards, it was was impressive what they were able to do with, with that defense. Considering what Washington had done against Texas the week before, and then they couldn't do anything offensively.
0: I do not want JJ McCarthy as the Vikings quarterback. I don't want them to take him at eleven. I don't want this uh, I don't want this um you know, this yoga or this meditating wolverine dipshit to uh be in, in Viking in a Viking uniform next year. I've seen some mocks where it's been that way. I've been, more so the the mocks I've seen more of Jaden Daniels, but it seems oh like the Vikings the, seems like the Vikings would have to trade up for that. I want Jaden Daniels. Like that is my guy for the Vikings. That's the only. That's the only Vikings talk I'm going to mention here, uh, right now. But um, like McCarthy, nope, he's not that great. Uh, like he'll be fine. I don't want him anywhere near the Vikings. He was okay. Michigan, great. Uh, we thought that maybe, like, if we, and it still could happen. Like now that Michigan's won the championship, do you think Jim Harbaugh leaves or does he stay?
1: I don't know. Not if he wants to win a Super Bowl, leave. But there's no, there's no job. There, there I guess. There, we'll get to this in a bit. There is one job that I could see that is not available yet, but very well could be for. For him or Bill Belichick or anybody who wants to win quickly. Mm. Um, the Cowboys? Nope. Oh, okay. So, I mean, well, I don't know. He's, one, that? I mean, he can, you know. he's 60, 61, 62. Just kind of finish your career out at Michigan unless you want to go chase that Super Bowl. Well, like, him. Yeah. The... Okay. I mean, I, I, I could see him leaving, but... Um, I think he's got a good thing to state. Like, you, you've won it. You've conquered Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be good to be. I mean, they have switched spots just like SDSU and NDSU have switched spots
2: mm-hmm.
1: now. So, um, who know. I mean, I'm sure he'll get a big raise to stay there if he, if he wants. But he went sniffing a couple of years ago. And I don't know. If he, if he wants that Super Bowl, he'll be gone so seeing what what he what
0: he wants well apparently he really wanted the chargers job last year cuz he wanted to be with Justin Herbert and now that the chargers job is open like i feel like it's good it, to me out of the, all the openings right now and there have been another couple of openings here in the last couple of days which if we had recorded this on a normal on like on a normal time during the week we wouldn't th- these two New openings, we would we would be discussing that next week, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But I do think Harbaugh. I think the best place for him is, or I think the spot where he's going to want to go the most out of all the current openings is LA with the Chargers. He used to play for the Chargers. He's got Justin Herbert. Like that's a like that's a great piece to the puzzle already. You don't see a lot of teams that have a franchise quarterback in place. For you, that's as good as Justin Herbert is, that, like, I mean, that's a big piece to the puzzle already solved. So, I I, I don't think he's going to, I, I think it's going to be Chargers or Bust right now. I think that, that's really kind of where it stands for me.
1: Yeah, like, there's not any opening that's any good Like New England picks three, Washington picks two, so they should pick quarterbacks in those spots. So if you like one of these quarterbacks, Drake May to Washington and Jalen. Is it a D or an L?
0: It's a D. D is in David. Jaden Daniels. Jalen Daniels plays for Kansas.
1: So, okay, I'll remember that. His last name is Daniels or is it Jaden Daniels? I think we'll go three to New England. Or somebody will trade up to three to get him. I think quarterbacks go one, two, and three. Yep. So if, if you like one of those guys then maybe you like one of those jobs, but yeah, Tennessee, Seattle, just all these blah spots, you know, Atlanta. No, thank you. The big
0: uh, so like without all, oh, everyone was kind of waiting on to to see what Harbaugh was going to do, and all of a sudden, out of the blue Wednesday. After, late afternoon, early evening, comes word that Nick Saban is retiring as head coach at Alabama, and this I think stunned just about everyone. Very, very surprising because he had, he was continuing to work. He had interviewed a couple of uh, like wide receiver coaches or something, you know, or for positions and whatnot. Like things were going about like like they would on a daily basis for Alabama at this time of the year, and for him to retire, it kind of you know, given the state of college football and what you have to do and all this NIL and the transfer portal and everything, we saw this in college basketball to a degree with Roy Williams uh, retiring, Coach K retiring, like it, it just takes a lot out of you, some of these older uh, you know, the, these older guys, uh, the old school mentality it's like, you know, I don't want to keep doing this and Saban so is stepping away now but I do wonder, I did see this uh, a conspiracy I can't remember if I saw it or heard it but maybe this is why Alabama got in the college football playoff, because someone got wind that Saban was going to retire, and they wanted him in the playoff one final time. Uh, not saying that that's what happened, but but uh, he has retired now, and I don't envy whoever. I'm going to equate this Alabama position to the Price is Right. Yeah. Uh, how who is going to want to step into and replace the legend that is Nick Saban? And think of all the pressure, all of the you know the seven national championships that he's won. He's the greatest college football head coach of all time. And just like Drew Carey having to step in for Bob Barker once he's uh, you know stepped down as host of The Price Is Right, all those daytime Emmys that he won. He was considered one of, if not the greatest, uh, game show host uh, ever. And now, like Drew Carey, you know he's done a fine job. Certainly, he hasn't gotten fired yet or anything. But I'm not a huge Prices Right fan anymore, just because it's different from what it was with Bob Barker. And I, I, just can't see how whoever whoever replaces Nick Saban now is going to. There's going to be so much pressure on him. And will Alabama fans? Will will the donors? Will alumni? Will they say, you know what? We'll we'll be patient and stuff because we know the next guy isn't saving. Or are they just gonna say no? We expect to win now, and if you can't do it, you're out in two or three years. Like there's gonna be an immense amount of pressure on whoever gets that job, whether it be a Steve Sarkeesian or um, um, a Matt Norvell or is it Mike Norvell, the the Florida State head coach. He's been rumored in there. Like whoever gets it, I don't envy you at all because that's gonna be a very very difficult. Job to take and succeed in, especially taking over from a legend.
1: A lot of expectations, and you have like, I don't think any team's going to win where they win six national titles and however many years they had it, 12, 13 years. I don't think anybody's going to do that again here with the twelve-team playoff. It'll be easier to get into the playoff. Mm-hmm. So like Alabama should really ever miss it very often. You have to lose at least three games to do that, and that's. And they really lose more than one game on the end of the year. If they lose two, it's a story. So, I mean, you go there, it's a lot of resources. You got an excellent team, you got something to live up to, so. What? I'd assume by sometime next week they'll probably make their decision, or we'll know by this weekend. So yeah. it's. Um... I think they
0: want, and they want. I think the AD said he wants to have a decision within the next seventy-two hours because, like immediately after the Saban news, within an hour, one of their top recruits, the number three wide receiver in the country, number tenth player overall, uh, class of twenty twenty-five, decommitted from Alabama, as a direct result mm-hmm. of Nick Saban retiring. So you're all like, they need to make a decision. Quickly, because otherwise, all of the, this great recruiting class, they're going to start decommitting and reopening their recruitment.
1: Hey, maybe, you know, wherever the coach is, maybe he'll bring some guys from his school. Yeah.
0: Who do you think is a good replacement? Like, I don't know. I don't know who the best guy is. Like, could you see, like, I don't know, would it be a Bill O'Brien or I um, I don't know, like, Steve, is it Steve Sarkisian Like, is it someone from the Nick Saban coaching tree? Like, or is it someone? I don't know who is the who's
1: who's it, who it going to be. I think Dan Lanning from Oregon would be a guy.
0: He's already nixed it, though, according to his uh really? to a video. He's saying, "Nope, I am not going there." Now, but granted, that no, could I change. Mean, but well,
1: I, I mean, if you're him Like, why would you not? Like, you're going to stay at Oregon, I guess. I mean,
0: Dabo Sweeney.
1: Yeah, I thought about him, but I don't think that. Maybe five years ago, but not anymore. I don't know, Florida State guy. I don't know, if he wants to get out of there, they want to leave the ACC. He can go to the team that knocked him out of the playoff, I guess. I, I would not, I don't know, he's done well at Florida State. I guess I wouldn't go with him. Like Steve Sarkeesian, probably not leaving Texas as they go to the SEC. Unless there's some other under-the-radar guy, I you know, I might go with the Oregon guy, but it, it, it should be Deion Sanders. It should be Deion Sanders, lockstock Stock, and Bill. Yeah. So
3: yep, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah,
0: what a great, yeah, um, uh, four and eight Colorado. Again, like, you know, that's, you know, taking that to the SEC. That's, that's wonderful.
1: So it's, yeah, probably one of those guys you mentioned. Probably the Florida State guy. That probably, Jimbo Fisher's waiting for him. He can go eight and four time with Jimbo Fisher.
0: That's very so, true. That is true. Lanning has, I am reading a report right now, Lanning says he is staying at Oregon. So that is, is—it's it, it, that's not happening. So that's one name off the list. I would think, I, I think Norvell's on the short list. I would say Dabo Sweeney's on the short list. And then I'm just thinking about any anyone kind of associated with either Saban or like Bill Belichick, because those two are so... Closely tied together, like like I said, Bill O'Brien has a as a potential. I I think maybe Bill O'Brien could surface in Carolina too as a head coach, though it doesn't sound like he's on their list at all. Uh, you mentioned Deion Sanders, that would be fine. Um, and I just wonder if maybe he needs another year before that. Like, I I don't know. It it this is going to be very very interesting because do you remember who the coach was before Nick Saban?
1: Some white guy was it? Um, he's, some guy with glasses, bald, white guy. His name? from s- Washington State. Too.
0: No, he's the son of a fo- of a great football coach. Who has said that this and this head coach has since passed away? Who's this? Mike Shula. No. Pretty sure it's Mike Shula.
1: That was a while ago. I don't think he was blasted. That was all those guys from Washington State. <laughs> I'm
0: pretty sure it's Mike Shula.
1: 2007. seven. Twenty he gets 2008. So he got there in 2007. He got there in 2007. 2006. Yeah, I guess Mike Shula. So, no Oof, that's bad. Yeah. He lasted what? Three, four, five, two, that's and four years. That's terrible. Man, four and four, four and nine, six and six. I guess they went 10 and two, but they vacated all the wins and then six and six, and they're vacated. Yeah, bad.
0: Real bad stuff. Like that's what Alabama fans are gonna have to potentially deal with well, now. No, was, we're was, Saban scared, with that was Saban scared?
1: Was
0: Sabin Well, do you think Sabin was scared of Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC? He's like, "Whoa, I gotta get out of here."
1: No,
0: I don't think so either. <laughs> I, no. I, I, I truly don't know. I, I, my guess is it's going to be Norvell. Yeah, it, it Norvell or Dabo Sweeney with Jimbo Fisher. I I like that you threw Jimbo Fisher in there. I don't know yeah. if, it, like, I think uh, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, His his reputation has been tarnished a little bit by the fact that he had all these great recruiting classes but couldn't do anything at a And
1: would I would not hire Jimbo Fisher to manage my fucking local Walmart. <laughs> Fuck, he's a fucking idiot. Um, I would I would hire Kalen before. Right? say, so you know what? He done great. He won everywhere you want. If I want to have success, I would hire him.
0: But even if there are no ties to the SEC, yeah,
1: I, I yeah, yeah, yes. There's no tie to Washington. There's no tie anywhere. To, he's from Millbank. He coached at si- in Sioux Falls. Yeah, goes to Indiana. He goes to Seattle. He goes to Fresno State. He goes to the Mac. Everywhere he goes, he's great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If the Vikings don't figure this shit out, they should hire him fucking next year. No,
0: babe. why? No, we're not hiring a college football head coach. That's dumb. Haven't we seen that with uh, you know, with the the car- Carolina uh, Matt Rule? Like, no, no, we're not going that route.
1: I I, I would hire him. draft Michael Penix and then bring in his coach.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that would be.
1: Like, have
0: a plan. Have an idea. Just so don't be, yeah, we're going to po- what we're gonna, That's potentially uh, acceptable. That would be the only way I would want DeBoer as much. the Vikings head he coach. Was, you know, I
1: would take him anyway. Every, everywhere he goes, he fucking wins. Like, all right, good. You you know what the hell you're doing. So, um, I mean, Washington wasn't anything before he got there. And in two years, they're in the National final game. Like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's excellent. So I, I would hire him. Okay, you you are my next guy.
0: Okay, that's that's fine. I, that would be. I, I have seen that name float out. I just don't think it's it's Alabama material. But I mean, like as you said, he wins everywhere. So why not uh, not why not do it in Tuscaloosa? So that'll be interesting to see how that all. Plays out with Harbaugh leaves Michigan, and who fills the vacant Alabama? Co- Nick Saban's not going to coach again. Like he's done, right? He's not going to. We're, we're not going to see him coach again.
1: is done. Yes, he's seventy-two. He's making ten million a year. He was on the highest. I think he was the highest-paid state employee in the country of any states. There you go.
0: Nobody, no, no, no state employee made more than him. I think he goes to college game day with ESPN. We've seen him a number of times on ESPN yep. you know, on college game day when Alabama hasn't been playing in a game, you know, sp- specifically related to like the national championship game stuff. He's very good on college game day. I think that's where he goes eventually once Lee Corso goes away.
1: He need, he should have went away a long time. Like, well, get him a minute. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's no good. It's no fun. It's, it's sad.
0: Uh, agreed. I'm just saying, when that time comes, I think uh, I think Saban would be the guy to replace him.
1: Yeah, he's 72. It's like, these guys are not young. It's like, do something besides football. You, you have to do something besides stupid football.
0: Speaking of stupid football, there's an NFL news. We'll get to the playoff matchups here in a moment, but there's significant head coaching news as well. So the Monday after the NFL regular season is complete, it's always kind of referred to as Black Monday because you get a lot of you know you get some head coaches that get fired. There was really nothing of note. On Monday, Ron Rivera got fired at Washington. That was to be expected. Uh, Scott Fitterer, the GM at Carolina, he got fired. That was to be expected. There was really nothing else there. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe there's not going to be you know, much to this new cycle here or this head coaching cycle other than what we already know. You know, Vegas has, you know, we'll see if Ant- Antonio Pierce certainly seemed like he did what he needed to to secure that job, but we'll see what Mark Davis Uh, decides to do there. Chargers, of course, were already open. The Panthers already open. Uh, So, didn't seem like much. And then, uh, what, Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday, all of a sudden, Mike Vrabel is out at Tennessee. That doesn't make any sense. And we're all kind of waiting for when is, like, we assume Bill Belichick is going to leave New England. But that hadn't come. It hadn't come. Wednesday, then, We get news, a very surprising story that Pete Carroll is out in Seattle. He had just talked earlier in the week how much he, like, he was still, he still wanted to coach, and that was a very surprising move. He's going to be an advisor for the team and whatnot, so he's a reshuffling of sorts, but it seemed like he was more pushed out and fired rather than, like, Oh, yeah, like I I think this is time for me to step down. He wasn't resigning, he was more pushed out the door. Oh, and then come back in as an advisor. So that was surprising, but then lost in that whole shuffle. Then Pete Carroll gets that announced, and also Nick Saban retires. And then Thursday came, and finally, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are parting ways after 24 years. They had a news conference on Thursday, noon Eastern. They talked about it, blah, 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 and stuff. So That's not a surprise. But now you kind of connect the dots and whatnot. And there was talk about uh, that the Titans owner, um, Amy Shrunk or Shrunk or whatever her name is, uh, was like, well, we thought about like, could you trade your head coach? Yes, but that might take a lot of time. Mike Vrabel to New England seems almost like a sure thing. Gerard Mayo has a chance potentially. Brian Flores said he wouldn't leave Minnesota except if it was for one of these monumentous head coaching positions at like New England or Dallas or somewhere. Or like I think there was another team thrown in there. So his name gets in the mix, but I think it's Mike Vrabel to New England. It's almost like a done deal at this point. I would be... it would be very surprising to me if it's anyone other than Vrabel, but finally, Bill Belichick is out in New England. What are what do you make of all of this head coaching the the the, the coaching carousel that's gone on?
1: Yeah, I don't know. it's Happy Carol. getting fired I guess was surprised so since they get Jim Harbaugh or somebody in there. I don't like Seattle's been a lot better these last couple of years than anybody thought they would. You know, they made the playoffs last year, they've you know, they were close to making it this year, so I was kind of that in, in that you know fringe playoff team. So
0: should mention Arthur Smith also got uh relieved of duties just after midnight on Sunday, the Atlanta Falcons head coach.
1: He sucked. He was
0: awful. How do you have B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London? And your offense is still abysmal for the most part.
1: I don't know. Quarterback's probably not very
0: good, but he. Maybe you should have traded two first round picks for Lamar Jackson instead of ride with Desmond Ritter.
1: He, I mean, he was stupid. Like, you don't even use your best guys. All I heard was Kyle Pitts is a Hall of Famer, and B. John Robinson did well, but people wanted him to get the ball more. It's just like. And then he came out. Oh, this and that. no. And, uh. Like, no, give the fucking guy the ball. It's it's ridiculous. So, Atlanta may be an attractive option. Like, if you're, if you're, like Kirk Cousins, you look at somewhere other than Minnesota. You look at Atlanta. Like, yeah, I could I could go there and do something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, all these other jobs. No, Bill Belichick fucking
3: retire.
0: He's not he going won. to. Where is he going to go? He he's going to either go to the Chargers. Or Washington, but I've heard that Atlanta is a potentially attractive position uh, spot for him. I—I uh, I, I don't know why, but uh, I would think it'd be Washington or LA with the Chargers.
1: You ready for this one?
0: Yes, I am. When we talk next? Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Philadelphia
1: Eagles. Ooh, okay. All Our right. To Tampa Bay. Yeah, we fired Nick Sirianni by about midway through the fucking fourth quarter. Okay, all right, because yeah, oh, I... this is the only spot where they're ready to win a Super Bowl now. Their defense sucks. Matt Patricia is a stupid asshole.
0: Well, you know what? He would re- Bill Belichick would reunite with Matt Patricia.
1: Yeah, we're hitting the bricks. You're coaching the fucking second string offensive line, is what you're coaching. <laughs> so yeah, that that I. We me somebody else were talking about that today. And like, yeah, Washington. Like, quit wasting your time. Like, dude, go home.
3: Well, and, and that's like, oh,
1: yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia could make a change, and that would be pretty. Uh, that, would, that would be the only job. And, oh yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty attractive. So, okay. no Belichick, go to Philadelphia.
0: All right, I love that because there, ha- and that doesn't make. That doesn't make like that makes a lot of sense. That's not something that I think is completely like abstract or has no real possibility of happening, because we've heard that Nick Sirianni is a bit on the hot seat. They did lose five of six. Like they're limping into the playoffs here, and there was, you know, the probability of who would like of whoever played the NFC South team was likely to win. But the Bucks are playing better football right now than the Eagles. The Eagles are banged up. I I like that there because you know there's been talk about oh you know Jerry Jones saying well we got to see how Mike McCarthy does in the in the playoffs and whatnot and you know before we you know de- decide to move on so I think Bill Belichick in Dallas could make sense if Dallas loses to Green Bay on Sunday I love that idea though of him being in Philadelphia like that that is spot on I love that Travis I really do that is a very good. Option, because there are going to be a number of teams. Just mentioned Dallas and Philadelphia, that could say, "Well, we have a head coach right now, but we have a chance to get Bill Belichick if he wants to coach. Why not? Yeah, absolutely, go for him."
1: I, I, and, and if you're him, like, is he going to be coaching him until he's 75? Could he could? That's four more years. It's like just awful. So
3: that's the only.
1: Place that I think would make sense because you know just you're just looking to win that Super Bowl, looking for somebody to turn around a defense. If you're there for two years, so be it. But um
0: How about how about this one too? I'm gonna to throw this one out to you as well. If if he decides to retire, it's not like this is gonna be a firing or whatever, this would have to be I'm retiring. What about Kansas City? No. No? Okay. Yeah, I think mean, Andy hopefully Andy Reid, too, so... I, I, knew, I, I do, too. Like, you're not going to fire Andy Reid, but if he yeah. decides to retire, Bill Belichick coaching Pat
1: Mahomes? No, no. He's a defensive okay.
0: guy. Now, Josh Harris, the Washington Commander's owner, is apparently, or reportedly, kind of infatuated with Bill Belichick. Now, he's, he's hired... Um, Uh, is it Josh Meyer or who's uh, the Bob Myers from Golden State who ran the Golden State Warriors or whatever, uh, you know, won all those championships. Rick Spielman, former Vikings GM and Magic Johnson. They're all part of this kind of special committee here uh, to help figure out the next, uh, you know, figure out this transition period for Washington, who's going to run or who's going to be, the, the GM for Washington and who's going to be their new head coach. But apparently Josh Harris is really infatuated with Bill Belichick. Do you see, and if Bill Belichick does, does you know, does get hired as a head coach, or he wants to, to, to be a head coach again, he doesn't want to simply retire, he wants to continue to coach, do you see him going to a place that already has an established GM? Because I can't see someone turning over the entire keys to my franchise to a guy who clearly can't draft worth a damn, especially on offense here in recent years. Like, he's just bad. So would you say, Bill, you have to focus on being the head coach, will have a GM in place that you'll report to, or does Bill say no? I need the entire control because that's what he had pretty much in New England.
1: I would think you'll have control. I would think so. At this point, I'm <laughs> sure. Why, well, I mean, if you're Washington, you may as well give it to him because why not? But then that does
0: it. Then that does eliminate Philadelphia. That would eliminate Atlanta. The the Chargers. That would be a potential uh, spot. Like, you know, Vegas would be. But I'm like. All these teams that already have a uh, an established front office and in an in an organization, you know, a, a power structure, they wouldn't hire Bill if Bill is requesting control of personnel too, like you know, and drafting, you know, the, essentially being the GM. Like he would,
1: they, that Washington so would work for that. Make something, work something out. Like, even if he isn't, like, he'll have say. Like, he'll be there. Like, yeah, you're going to – he's going to be there. If it's not his official title, it's like, yeah, he's going to have some some say.
0: Bill Belichick is the best head coach ever in NFL history, right? Like, if he doesn't coach another game, is he considered the best head coach of all time?
1: Probably. Six Super Bowls, he won two with the Giants.
0: Like we got to rename this the Belichick Trophy instead of the Lombardi Trophy.
1: That's eight. He lost two more. He's been to ten Super Bowls. Then another one with New England it was at 11. And it was an assist. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, My, 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 my I'm good with that. Hey, he won a bunch of them.
0: He's a great head coach. He's just a terrible huh? GM. And that's why I think you... If he can, well, if his ego can take a step back and say, yeah, I'll just focus on coaching, that's fine, then he'll have any number of suitors. But uh,
1: like, I mean, I mean, he was good, Jeff, making these decisions when he did. Well, These last two years have been awful, but before that, you know, their defense was pretty good.
0: And- Nikhil Harry, Mac Jones, Cole Strange.
1: I'm not gonna hold these last two years against. Like he's had. I'm not. 30, ho- I'm not holding 30. against
0: him as a head coach. I'm saying the GM because he's been in charge of the personnel.
1: When? When did that start? That started years ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean they were good when that happened, so it's, I'm, I'm, yeah.
0: But he also had Brady. Yeah, Brady he had, had him too. Brady masked a lot of that.
1: Um, no, McKin- Brady had Gronkowski. Without Gronkowski, I don't.
0: And the killer. And the killer, Aaron Hernandez. Um, Yeah, so fascinating to see where... I don't know where Seattle's going. I don't know who you're going to get that's better than Pete Carroll. Um, I just... I don't... Uh, so I don't know what Seattle's going to do. I'm trying to think, is there any other? So Seattle, Atlanta, Chicago fired their offensive coordinator and a few members of their offensive coaching staff, but their head coach, Matt Eberflus, remains in place. That's a little bit of a bizarre turn, especially, you know, you hold the number one overall pick. You don't know what Justin, you know, what Justin future Justin Fields' future holds. Like, do you bring in a new offensive coaching staff?
1: Here's what you're stacking, you. Stack in yet? Russell Wilson goes to Atlanta. And then, um... What's his that goes to Atlanta? Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll goes to Atlanta.
0: He'll say, no, thanks for this role I want. Uh, I'd Okay. But didn't, didn't Pete Carroll want Russell Wilson out, or is that more the GM?
1: Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's probably a bad. bad idea. Wherever, wherever he goes, bad idea. <laughs> I'd say Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. Um... Bill Belichick, if he goes anywhere, probably
0: to Washington, if not Philadelphia. I think oh. Vrabel, to ten, or Vrabel to New England seems like the most obvious selection.
1: Probably. You got Ben Johnson, the Detroit offense coordinator. He Does he go to With, Carolina? North Carolina, Atlanta, he'll go to one of these spots.
0: He'll, he'll get a job somewhere. Detroit will not have their offensive coordinator at this time next year. Well, at the beginning of the next season. Ben Johnson's as good as gone.
1: Yeah, he'll get hired somewhere. Um, the Seahawks, they should hire Dan Quinn.
0: Hmm. Former defense coordinator, coordinator from yeah. Dallas.
1: What? What about
0: if Dan Quinn went back to Atlanta?
1: He, no, he's not having it.
0: I mean, it's it, it could.
1: Why? Why? They just, fired, they just fired him three years ago. I don't. I don't see that happening.
0: But now, with, with what he's done with, the, I mean, he's rehabilitated his career with the way he's, you know, the defense has looked.
1: Say so former defense. Oh, he won a Super Bowl with Seattle. So I would say Dan Seattle. Quinn goes to Seattle.
0: That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think you're going to see more offensive coordinators get like this. is going to be more of an offensive. Um, Head coaching hiring session than than defense, but I do think Vrabel Vrabel's good. I, I don't get what Tennessee's doing. Does Tennessee think they're that close to winning? I mean, they knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs. Playoffs? We ain't talk about playoffs. I just want to win a game. And the Jaguars, all you needed to do was beat the Titans. But no, Tennessee beats them. Derrick Henry's you know playing as or saying or talking as if he's as good as gone from Tennessee, and we don't know where he goes, but. Vrabel got that team fired up. It seems like they have their quarterback of the future in Will Levis. It, like you, you fire it, like that doesn't make any sense. Tennessee doing some dumb things there. I I, I I don't get it. So I think Vrabel to New England makes the most sense. I say that selfishly because I don't want Flores to leave Minnesota.
1: Thank you. Yeah, he will be in New England. Houston's offensive coordinator, but Bobby Slowick. He's thirty-six years old. I think he'll probably go somewhere. Okay. I think he'll fill one of the spots.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Is there Ben Johnson, um, from Detroit, Aaron Glenn, of course. Kellen has.
1: Moore. Kellen. Moore is with the Chargers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He could be a guy. I think. I think we've named all the guys with seven, eight openings. I think those will be the guys who will fill those
0: spots I do think there would there's got to be someone on the 49ers head coaching staff um, or uh, on the coaching staff for the 49ers that Tennessee might look at because Rand Carthon you know used to be with the 49ers so I would think that maybe there's someone on there that he might have his eye on too but yeah I think we've ran through a good list of of mm-hmm. Like what? I I love I love Bill Belichick to Philadelphia though. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. It really does. Um, I'm gonna start pushing that rumor out everywhere. You uh,
1: know where else? Or else he could go?
0: Bill Belichick?
1: Wait a, a win now. We're sick of fucking losing in the playoffs. Vikings. They gotta get the playoffs first. Oh okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Yes. If yeah. they, they need to get to the, at least the conference title game, they, if, if they're not going to lose to Pittsburgh.
0: They better not. If you lose to Pittsburgh, then yes. yes. Sean, then, uh, Sean McDermott, out. you're out.
1: They need they need to beat Kansas City. They always usually do. They need to beat them in the playoffs. They'll have them at home. Well, wouldn't and then, it's, be, then it's you in Baltimore. So wouldn't that be
0: like, part of the allure of, you know, like, Like, if you want revenge, and you want to stick it to New England, what better way to do that than by going to Buffalo?
1: (laughs) I'm sure he would love to have a Tom Brady finish. If I get to go somewhere else and I get to win my Super Bowl without Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure he'll never say it, but I'm sure that's... That is there, like, he went somewhere and did it without me. I want to go somewhere and do it without him. So, I like the Eagles... Is third disaster at the moment than maybe even Buffalo.
0: is one of the requirements though for Bill Belichick wherever he goes as a head coach that he needs to be in a climate where he's able to wear his sweatshirts.
1: Like you see some of these stupid bastards like they're, they're wearing sweaters and I got my Alexa thing here and sometimes I say, hey Alexa, what's the temperature in this spot in that spot? Like, oh, it's seventy degrees in Miami and we're wearing fucking headed sweatshirts. Like, what what are we doing? I know. I know. Like it's what? Like, oh, it's sixty-five degrees and we're wearing goddamn sweaters. It's like, what is happening?
0: <laughs> Doesn't make sense. i so am um, sweating
1: all over the place. Super
0: wild card weekend this weekend. Why again why? Why is it super? Because it's a, it's a, it exploded to six games now. No, this is normal now. This is the normal. This is not yeah. super. This is
1: just normal. I I agree. I agree. This but that's what they call. This isn't bigger than last year. This is the same as last year. Super? No, it's wild card. It just there's nothing super about. It. A bunch of shitty teams playing some shitty games and some shitty weather. Uh, that's, that's what this weekend
0: about well the final three games of the weekend will be played in uh, climate controlled environments or in good uh, in warm weather in in uh, central Florida there again which, which by the way every time we say central Florida we'll get to central Florida here in a second actually because um, we do need to talk some college basketball but yep. um again central Florida in Orlando and South Florida in Tampa Bay when they're, it, it doesn't make any sense. I hate it. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. But regardless, um, playoffs, the Houston Texan Invitational on Saturday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. It's the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. Uh, should, um, should note, Baltimore is the one seed in the AFC. San Francisco, the one seed in the NFC. We'll just kind of go through these games in order, though. The Browns and Texans, you got C.J. Stroud, Uh, Texans won the AFC South only because the Jaguars choked against Tennessee, but Houston won in Indianapolis. That was uh, a win-and-in game uh, to get into the playoffs, and now they're hosting one. They always host on this opening Saturday here, like the the, the 3.30 window. I get that C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryan's company have been uh, a very good surprise this year. I don't see how... That with that Browns defense and with the way Joe Flacco's been playing, I think Cleveland is just too strong. I think Cleveland wins this game. What What do you think?
1: They played a month ago and Cleveland beat them.
0: But that was without C.J.
1: Stroud. But he was out there. Davis Mills and Case Keenum. So I don't. I'm not going to be surprised by any outcome here. I'll take Cleveland. They've been playing well. I'll
0: take Cleveland. Then on Peacock on Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time, the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh Chiefs are four and a half point favorite. It's supposed to be really cold there. Like, this is going to be one of the coldest playoff games in NFL history. You would think a team from South Florida traveling up there that that wouldn't be good. Now, they did play in Buffalo in cold weather last year twice, actually. And and played pretty well, um, but they have so many injuries on defense. And you know Tyreek Hill coming back. Well, you know how healthy is he? How healthy is Jalen Waddle? Raheem Mostert? I think with just the the temperatures and with the amount of injuries that the that the Dolphins have suffered on defense, and that's a that's the primary focus. But also their offensive line's kind of in shambles. To I. I will give the Chiefs the edge. I think the Dolphins, if they, if we were to look at the rosters, if they were fully healthy, the Dolphins would be far better than the Chiefs. But given the weather conditions and given the injuries, I think Kansas City uh, squeaks one out here.
1: And uh, the other team playing well. Like if the Dolphins were to won Sunday, they still would have had to play the Bills again, and I don't see them beating the Bills. So it's... But I at least that would have been in South Dolphins. Florida. Huh?
0: At least that would have been in South Florida.
1: Yeah, it's just like. They're a good team. They beat the Cowboys, but they're, they're not beating anybody serious, so. What's the high you temperature
0: in Mitchell supposed to be on Saturday? Huh? What's the high temperature in Mitchell supposed to be on Saturday?
1: Like three below, with a windshield of
0: 35 below. Okay. I, I think it, that's roughly the same in St. Cloud here. too.
1: Not good. How like and uh, like how, how do you play how do you play a, how do you, well, that's you shouldn't true. be outside for more than 10 minutes. Like how do you play a football game? I don't know.
0: But but Kansas City's like 100 miles south of that. I would think it would be slightly warmer there. Now, granted, it's still going to be cold, but it's, it's going to be warmer in Kansas City than what we're experiencing in our neck of the woods on Saturday.
3: A little bit. I assume
1: it's probably going to be below zero with the temperature. I'm sure it's probably going to be at least a 20 below wind chill. It's it's going to be bad.
0: I hear Dolphins don't do well in the cold.
1: No, I like think they die. So, I mean, the Chiefs have been... They, they've they not been good. So, I like think if they play any other team, they probably lose. But, uh, Miami, oof, so... Yeah, with the injuries, you just like to see them not not be injured. But, I mean, you you go with the Chiefs, both teams hobbling into the playoffs there.
0: I think there's, you can make legitimate arguments for five of the six underdogs this weekend to pull off an upset. The one I don't think you can do that for is the Pittsburgh Steelers. On Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. T.J. Watt isn't playing. The Bills have rattled off a lot of wins in a row. Now, granted, they haven't looked great the past few weeks, but they've still won all these games. Pittsburgh, ugh, like, again, the, the loss of T.J. Watt is is very significant for the defense. I just don't see how Pittsburgh can keep pace with Buffalo. I don't see how Pittsburgh's offense can score a lot of points. I don't see how Pittsburgh's defense, minus TJ Watt, can slow down Buffalo's offense completely. Give me Buffalo here. i would to say fairly convincingly. Like, this is the most confident I am out of any of the six games this weekend.
1: The weather should be awful. I don't see how the Steelers score in the game. I think they're going to get shut out. Ooh. Okay. So, I think, mean like, what, what is it? They're, they're a 10 point favorite, and the total's 35, 30,
0: so does it, 36? Yeah, yeah, ten, yeah, Buffalo is a 10 point favorite, and yes, I do believe it was like a 35. Uh, 35 was the uh, over under. Let me check and see if that's.
1: That does not happen very often, ever. That's Iowa football. <laughs> to have a very low total and that big of a spread. So I like, I think, uh, Steelers have given up like 30-some points in a bunch of playoff games in a row. So I like Buffalo to win like 28 nothing.
0: As do I. Those are the AFC games, and like they're all in order. And then the NFC games, uh, three 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on Fox on Sunday. The Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. These two teams play a lot in the playoffs against one another. Mike McCarthy going against his former team. I... Da- like Green Bay is very, very young. And it's uh, it was a surprise that they made the playoffs this year. But... And, and Dallas is routinely disappointed in the playoffs. But the way they've been playing, especially at home this year, I think Micah Parsons has a big game. I think Dak and CeeDee Lamb have big games. Dallas should win convincingly. But because of the Cowboys' history, you can never... Definitively declare or definitively say that Dallas should that that Dallas will win convincingly and going away.
1: They've been so good at home; they should win. They'll, they, I think, they will win. They've had more double-digit wins or twenty-point wins than almost anybody in any regular season. Like mm-hmm. compare, like to, the the undefeated Patriots, and there's one other team there. They have like what eight, eight or nine wins by. Double digits or fifteen points, twenty points. I mean, when they win, they're not the games are not close. Mm-hmm. When they win, they absolutely stop the other team. So, what a what a what an upset that would. I mean, that would be the biggest upset of the weekend. Um, I'd say yeah. Dallas wins.
0: Yep, uh, I think this is this next one is the game of the weekend. It's the L.A. Rams at the Detroit Lions, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central time on NBC. This, this I think is also the most fascinating game because of the revenge factor. I mean, it's Jared Goff against the Rams. It's Matthew Stafford against the Lions. It's, you know, it's Jared Goff got discarded to Detroit because they're like, yeah, uh, Goff, you can't do anything for us. And look how well Goff has played with the Lions in the two years since. But look how, look how the Rams are playing right now. I don't like the Lions' defense. Sam Laporta got hurt against the Vikings last weekend. Uh, it. Looked very, it looked far worse than I guess it actually was. It sounds like it's just a deep bone bruise, but I doubt he plays Sam Laporta. And that's a huge weapon that the Lions lose because he is arguably the best. He put up stats that no other rookie tight end has ever put up. Like It's it's just phenomenal what Laporta did this year. Because I I just don't trust the Lions' defense and because I think the Rams' defense is a little better, And I trust Matthew Stafford. I get that it's going to be electric. Like There's going to be no atmosphere this weekend in the playoffs better than Detroit because it's their first home playoff game in over 30 years. But I am going with the Rams to upset the Lions here because I think they are a more complete team at this time. Their wide receivers are better. Aaron Donald's better. I like the Rams to upset Detroit.
1: I gotta pick the Lions honestly. I, oh. I, I mean I I mean I think everybody wants to see the Lions and Cowboys again the next week and if they win that of that would happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that would be your I guess your three thirty game on Fox to put that on Sunday. And make that the the main game of the weekend, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, it should be a good game. Defense for Detroit. Just, I, I didn't see anything about. Hey, maybe we shouldn't have a fucking week 18 because all these guys got hurt. Did you see anything about? Hey, let's not have a 17 game regular season. I, I,
0: I did hear a few things of that. Uh, who said that? Um, so Mike Tirico maybe said something about maybe that was uh, the in week 17. But I, there has been some talk like, yeah, you know what, 17 games probably shouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, so it sucks that some of these guys that got hurt got hurt. So, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, the Rams, we'll we'll, we'll pick the Lions. We'll pick the Lions. The Rams could go to the Super Bowl. They could.
0: They could. Finally, Monday night, then, it's the standard 5-4 five, five, matchup, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ABC and ESPN. These two teams played on Monday Night Football back, I think, in Week 3 in the regular season, again on Monday Night Football. I, would, I was not going to take the Bucs at all, and really – I, I don't feel like I should because you only beat Carolina 9 to nothing and you did that because Antoine Winfield made a hell of a play on DJ Chark to prevent that touchdown that would have put the Panthers ahead, but... How do you pick the Eagles right now? Losers of five out of six. They no-showed against the Giants. Jalen Hurts has a hurt finger. A.J. Brown might not play. They have injuries all over the place. Like, this is not a confident football team right now, and Tampa Bay has played some pretty good football as of late. So, I am going to go with the Buccaneers. I shouldn't. The Eagles are a better team, one would think, at least on paper. But if you look at how the two teams have played recently... How and, and the the injuries that the Eagles have, I just don't I don't feel confident in picking the Eagles. I don't feel confident in the Bucks either, quite frankly. I'm picking Tampa Bay. Alright. Very good. And then the Bill Belichick train right. starts rolling down to Philadelphia. They, they well, train it's an Amtrak. It's an Amtrak.
1: Right right now, San Francisco is a one and a half point favorite over Baltimore. In the in a potential Super Bowl.
0: Okay. Interesting. I mean, they. I wonder if location has anything to do with that. I mean, San Francisco. I think it'll be a better game than the first. I think it will. I think it will. I think you would. You would hope, anyway. Yeah. So that's wild card weekend. Any other NFL thoughts? When uh, you want to get to.
1: I think the Cleveland Browns are going to go to the Super Bowl.
0: Really? Okay. That would be something.
1: That would be so. I
0: think they're going to beat Baltimore. I think they're going to beat Buffalo. Wouldn't that be, like, you, th- you look at the rivalry games. The the Rams-Lions, that's the best game of the weekend to me because of the rivalry, like all the storylines involved in that, and plus Detroit uh, playing a home playoff game for the first time in 30 years. Like, there's just significant storylines with that game. But it's, it, it, first and foremost, it's it's the rivalry aspect of it golf against Stafford going against their former teams, but then the Browns against the Ravens, you have Joe Flacco going a Flacco going against his former team and potentially being able to knock him out. Like how great would that be?
1: And Baltimore's got Baltimore's gotta do something this year. Yes. Lamar Jackson, he's gotta perform. Yes. I mean you do you, you've got to do something. The the AFC is not difficult. You've got to get something done here. Yeah, like this, this is your time to, to, to reach the Super Bowl. So we'll see if it's San Francisco and Baltimore. There's a lot of, you look at these teams, you look at Philadelphia, you look at Miami, you look at Kansas City, just a bunch of garbage. Like, they, this is not good. We'll like- see how they do these next couple weeks. But this is This feels like the weakest playoff field in a long time.
0: I would like to point out here, just to look back. I'm gonna go.
1: What do we got for Ford? What are we predict? I will
0: go over the prediction. Like I'll go over my like record predictions next week. Oh yeah. Uh, but I will go through. I I have down here what we all picked for the, um, for the, the regular playoffs. Yep for for the regular season. So, um, you had. In the AFC, you had Baltimore as the one seed, so kudos there. You had Buffalo as the two seed, kudos there. Yes. Kansas City as the three seed, so you lockstep and key with that. Uh, you had the Jaguars as the four seed, the Jets as the wow. five.
3: The, oh, close, close.
0: The, the Bengals as a six, and the Steelers as a seven. So four out of seven, exactly right. Kudos to you for that. I about the five seed? Uh, you, the Jets as the five seed. Oh, five
3: Jets. All right, so
1: I got five and seven.
0: Yep, I had one team correctly picked in their slot. So I had Kansas City as the one seed, Cincinnati as the two, Buffalo the three, Jaguars the four, the Jets five, the Dolphins six, and I had the Chargers seven. So far, be- yep. you did far better in the picks on the AFC side. Uh, your AFC championship game is Baltimore against Buffalo, uh, so that very well could happen. You have Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Against uh, Dallas uh, in the NFC, your prediction was Dallas would be the one, San Francisco the two, New Orleans the three, Detroit the four, Philadelphia five, Washington six, Seattle seven. Um, so so Philadelphia is you know slotted in the right spot there. Detroit, of course, won the North. Dallas and San Francisco you just had flipped around, so you had Dallas win in the NFC East, so that was good. Uh, your NFC one was, a uh, Dallas against San Francisco in the NFC championship game. So that's, that's what you have to look forward to there. I had San Francisco one, Philly two, Minnesota three, New Orleans four, Seattle five, Detroit six, Dallas seven. So, um, not great. Uh, but I had what four of the seven teams, Correct. In the NFC, you had four of the seven as well. So, overall, you did better. I have Kansas City against uh, Cincinnati in the NFC Championship game. I had Philadelphia against San Francisco. So, uh, and I have San Francisco over Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You have uh, Baltimore over Dallas. So, really... We have all four of our Super Bowl teams still in play here, which I think is very good.
1: I mean, the Cowboys, you gotta, I mean, you got to at least get to the championship game, for Christ's sake. You're, yep. you're at home. You've been so good at home. Yep. You play what you're going to play. You might play the Rams. You might play uh, Tampa Bay. You'd love to play Tampa Bay in the second round, so... So yeah, some teams have to have to do something this year. Dallas and Buffalo and Baltimore;
2: mm-hmm.
1: those three need to reach the title games in their conferences. Yep,
0: yep. Oh. and we'll go. I'll uh, tabulate uh, the records and who I had and stuff. I'll have I'll, I'll have the prediction results uh, that I had you know, normally do uh, next week. We'll go over those. So that's that. Um, do you need to talk some... Any other NFL thoughts we need to get to?
1: No, it's... Um, we're peacock, I got Peacock, I'll watch the game. So it'll be fine. It'll be
0: I do not, and I won't watch the game, but I'll hope the Chiefs win. I'll have my Chiefs shirt on, um, but I will not watch said game because I re- refuse to give in to the streaming. Uh, college basketball... I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I've had a really hard time just like getting into the season this year. I don't know what it is. It, it just I have got a lot of stuff, you know, kind of going on. So I haven't been able to watch as much. Maybe that's some of it. But I got to tell you, these last few nights, holy shit, Purdue, number one, goes down. They lose to Nebraska. Number two went down as well. Who, who's number two? I uh, Houston went down to our boy Otzelberger and Iowa State. And then Wednesday night, you had number three Kansas going down to Central Florida. So who in the hell is good at basketball? Like, is this just a, a blip? Is this a sign of things to come? Come conference play? Because I'll like if you look at all these at the standings here. Like hell, the Gophers are 11 and 3 in the Big Ten. I mean, Michigan State struggling. You see, like a lot of teams in the SEC and the Big Twelve are all all have like one, two, or three losses. This to me feels like a year where, granted, you know, we're, now that we're beginning conference play, a lot of these things will probably sort itself out. More teams will get losses and be like, okay, they're not all that great. But you could see a massive bubble this year with a lot of these Power Five teams from the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the Big Ten specifically.
1: Kansas lost, Tennessee lost.
0: Yeah, Tennessee lost. Yep, I forgot about that.
1: Connecticut almost lost. So mm-hmm. Connecticut can get through
0: the week. Marquette lost to Butler last night. Like what, what gives? Yeah, they got their asses kicked. At home! Bad. At home, that's bad. You can't do that, Shaka. We're 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 all on you, Marquette.
1: Oklahoma number nine, they were an underdog at TCU and just got stomped. Mm-hmm. My um, like Connecticut should be number one if they don't lose this week because they'll pass those top three. and Kentucky might be two. Carolina might <sighs> be three if they all jump up.
0: I watched part of that Carolina-NC State game last night. Oh, uh-huh. man. North Carolina is playing good defense. Their, uh-huh. their defense is what's going to drive them here this year. I, I I like Carolina the way they're playing right now. Like, you don't hold three conference opponents to under 60 points in a that's row better. unless you have something going. Like And they, and they've played good teams. They, uh, granted, Pittsburgh's off a little bit this year, but Clemson was ranked. And North Carolina State, that's in their building. That's a very good win.
1: Carolina's been playing good. Lord Atlantic lost again. Yeah, back
0: to Charlotte.
1: Like, what? Yeah. Uh, James Madison finally lost for some reason.
0: And then, and then, Lenardi had him as the last team in. Yeah. That doesn't make sense.
1: That's garbage. I, I don't think there's much difference between your 12 seeds and your one seeds. Like Nebraska's probably, Nebraska's probably going to make the tournament this year. Mm hmm. Uh, I just I just don't know the top the top kind of like FCS like the top five teams aren't very good. They're not what you would. They're not at that level of a top five team. Jesus Christ, Kansas! What was up there by, by sixteen yesterday? They were up sixteen points in the first half against Central Florida. They fucking lose. So, Just in, inexcusable. So, I, like,
0: I looked at Leonard. Like, did you have you looked at bracketology at all lately?
1: But, uh, yesterday it was updated. A couple days. Yeah, James Madison, one loss. Goodbye. Barely makes it. He had the, the Jackrabbits in Omaha against Kansas. That's about as good as that could get there for location. Oh, see,
0: I thought they were playing against Houston last I saw.
1: Maybe he updated, he updated it uh,
0: since then. But it was in Omaha. Like, that has sixteen-one upset
1: potential. SD, I mean, SDSU wasn't doing anything. I mean, yeah, they play, uh, yeah, They play Houston.
0: So how is Michigan State a seven seed when they're nine and six?
1: I don't think Sparty's making it. That's stupid. That is just stupid. I
0: I don't think Sparty's making the tournament this year. They, the granted,
1: now are dead, They play Illinois. I think this weekend they can lose to. I mean, come on.
0: They I mean, actually. They, they have a good one against Baylor. Congratulations. But they've lost all their other significant games. And you can't tell me that James Madison, who went into East oh, Lansing and, and beat Sparty in game one, should all of a sudden be out or the last team in. Like, that doesn't make any sense when you have Michigan State as a seven seed. Doesn't that make James Madison
1: better? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Michigan State, I mean, come on! Like it, it's it's still too early to even look at you know the, the RPIs and then the net rankings and all this stuff. These teams have what played fifteen games, so but like Michigan
2: waiting, State
1: your season, but Michigan State got- that's ridiculous, and they have them with an arrow going up like oh they're they're nine and like if they get like if they go seventeen and thirteen and they get in, it's like what a joke.
0: They this it doesn't make any sense. They have one good win and that was against Baylor. That's it. They lost against what? Arizona. They lost against Duke. They lost against like they've
1: lost against all these teams. Where I could be I couldn't, I couldn't even just give you a reason Oh, they're because of this. I I can't. I couldn't I couldn't do that.
0: that's the one that that baffles me the most. Like okay, if you want to look at Minnesota as like a, a little weaker Sure, like, that's fine, but how can you have Northwestern, like, if I'm comparing Northwestern and Minnesota, Northwestern lost to Chicago State. But they also beat Purdue, so. Okay, well, that, okay, that's, that's. They're not cancel each other out. Yeah, okay, then then that's fine.
1: You look at this to stand, like, Michigan State's in last place. They're down there with Rutgers and Iowa. Yes, they're nine and six, along with Maryland. It's Like, no, they're not. They're not making the tournament.
0: I think there's a good chance this year that I will not be coloring in the state of Michigan on the map, which would be the first time ever.
1: Michigan State, so Oakland. Yeah, they're, Oakland no. is the only chance. Yeah,
0: I, I I just don't see it happening. And so, I mean, that's the the Big Ten is all sorts of of messed up. The Big Twelve, if you look at if you look at that, look at how great all those are. like. How do we rate UCF now that they came back and beat number three Kansas? I don't know. They're they're ten and four. Is that reasonable? Like BYU is ranked. Cincinnati. Cincinnati was one of the last teams, in, and and they lost to Texas. But I, I they're twelve and three. That's okay. Like there are so many good teams. Here in the Big 12, Texas Tech at 13-2. and two. How great is Texas Tech? And again, on the SEC, you have Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Ole Miss only has one loss. They aren't even ranked. Like, it just, to me, this, again, it's all going to sort itself out. But there are so many teams that I would think would be right on the bubble, or like right on the cusp, and they're not even getting mentioned. Like, Florida's getting mentioned ahead of, like, they're either the last team in or the first team out. They're ten and five. Florida's not that good.
1: Mississippi State was one of the last four in. They just beat Tennessee for Christ's sake. But now, mean, granted,
0: granted, this was that was, two, was before, that, that was, was before Wednesday. Before so
1: but still, it's like just yeah. like they were good before that. I just I, I don't know. None of this makes sense to me right now. But um, like Texas work. is ranked, but Texas is out. Texas is the seventh team out, and they were 25th in the latest poll. So I'm sure this will all figure itself out at some point. Like when you get these, you know, 16, 18 team conferences, it's just, so. I I, I don't know.
0: So Florida is the last team out, I believe, in Lenardi's latest bracket. Yeah, I don't think they're making it. I don't either. But if you look at their schedule, I don't know how they could possibly be even in this discussion. They lost well, by 3 to Virginia and Virginia's one of the first four teams out. They lost to Baylor. They they lost to Wake Forest. Wake Forest is in the mix. Uh they beat Michigan, but Michigan's not that good. And they've lost to Ole Miss and Kentucky. Florida doesn't have a good win at 10 and 5. How could they possibly possibly be in the mix for a spot right now. I would put on, I would put Minnesota ahead of Florida. I would put James Madison well ahead of Florida. Like none of this makes sense.
1: Florida is 49th ninth in that ranking. Now they're fifty six Gophers are eighty fifth. James Madison is 59th. ninth. Uh, I yeah. Where's Grand Canyon at? Grand Canyon is thirty eighth. Indiana State's thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. Somebody, you know, Princeton's twenty-six. Michigan State is twenty-fifth in net rankings. if they lose their next game, they're nine and seven. I don't. I don't know. It's doesn't, uh, it doesn't. Doesn't. Doesn't make sense. Right.
0: Doesn't pass a smell test. And you have some big disappointments this year, like Arkansas. Big disappointment by you know with eric musselman i would put michigan state up there as a huge disappointment thus far i don't know what some i mean i you know given how pittsburgh came about last year i thought maybe that was uh something that you know maybe would transpire this year into another good year but pittsburgh hasn't been that good they've been a disappointment uh well virginia not that good uh just a whole lot of crap right now. It'll all work itself out, but right now it's like, because now every now that college football's done, now we really can focus our attention to college basketball. And if you just look at it right now, and you're like, wait, what? Like, it, the it do, the standings and the rankings don't necessarily reflect. Now, given a lot of it is strength of schedule, but boy, some of this does not make a lot of sense.
1: Seems like a, like a year like you could have last year where you have a bunch of random four, five, six, seven, ten seeds in the final
2: four.
1: mm Mm-hmm. because the, these top seeds are not very strong? Memphis went to overtime last night with UTSA hundred one versus uh, with UTSA. Not a great team in San Antonio. UTSA
0: so. was in Conference USA last year. They're in the AAC now because of all you know the conference realignment and stuff. That's not a team that should even be within Memphis's
1: sphere. You know, you know, Memphis, they should win a lot of games here. They should come out of the American and Florida Atlantic. Should probably be a two-bit league.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, Memphis might be a two-seed. If they, if they continue to beat all these teams, which they should and they don't trip up. Like like, Michigan. Memphis is going to have a lot of wins. I think I feel like Memphis is going to be a popular pick. I think they're going to be a pretty high seed. So
0: yep, and a prime candidate to be bounced right away.
1: Whoa, well maybe. Then you got my Pac-12 folks. Um, they got four teams at the moment. They've got what well, my Colorado team. But
0: Colorado lost.
1: They uh, lost the
0: other night. Utah somebody. lost.
1: I mean, here you got Arizona, you got a bunch of crap. You got, I got Arizona State's four and zero in the conference, but they're ten and five. You got Oregon. You know, I, I maybe four teams get in from the Pac-12. I mean, the ACC—they got a boatload of teams. They only get five teams
0: in. Remember how everyone was so high on USC because of Bronny Junior. Now, granted, uh, he had a lot of health. There are health issues there, but every like, oh, USC is a team to watch out for. It's no. Not just because of Bronny Junior., but because of other stuff. Nope, they're not good. Mick Cronin, UCLA six and nine this year. That's crazy. Awful. I granted, when you have like 10 6 year seniors as they had with Jaime Hawkins and and the uh, like, that that's gonna you're naturally not gonna be quite as good. But I, I don't know. I mean,
1: the way the calendar goes, the the last Mitchell regular season game is February twenty third, which is very early. Um, Last few years, I mean, the NCAA tournament has been right when the boys basketball tournament has been, but I think uh, NCAA tournament's a week later this year, so that'll be good. Good, I can watch the tournament for once. That'll be good.
0: That will be good. Good. We like that. I mean, oh, Georgia, we're talking about him getting Georgia, more. Excited. Georgia,
1: Georgia's won 10 in a row. Holy shit. Who knew about Georgia? Mike, and, uh, they're twelve and three. Who knew?
0: Who knew? Who knew? Indeed.
1: They, 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 they play Tennessee on uh, Saturday.
0: Well, we will certainly be. You know that college football is done. Uh, a lot of our focus will be on college basketball need, leading up to March. So, uh, just talking about this now and getting worked up about it. That it, it does me good. Now I'm getting more excited about college basketball.
1: Good. Good. Yeah. I tried to watch a little bit this week, trying to get into it a bit. Uh, because it feels like that time so.
0: it does it does. Anything else we need to discuss before we say so long?
1: I wrote my piece on the Vikings up on the website um, Mitchell plays Brookings tomorrow. I would assume that'll get postponed. I don't think there's any reason to play that game considering the weather conditions Well, p-
0: play the game tomorrow not necessarily like not play the game at
1: all. Yeah, I know they'll postpone it later in the month or whatever. So don't, don't, don't play that tomorrow. I mean, Huron and Sioux Falls-Lincoln
0: have already postponed their game. So Seems wise. I, Seems like a wise thing to do.
1: I think Kalen DeBoer is going to be the Alabama.
0: All right. You called your shot on Bill Belichick. You're calling your shot on uh, Kalen DeBoer. We'll see what happens there. Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend in the NFL, and we'll talk, to you in, uh, we'll talk about it all next week. Uh, so thanks, as always, and, uh, you know, Stay warm this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend.
1: Uh, Nothing's going on with the baseballs. and get the wood chipper going just for the warmth. Yes. Yep. And uh, go Browns. We're on the Browns way. Let's go. Go Browns.
0: Go Brownies. Let's go. Go Browns. Oh. <laughs> Love you Very good. Thank you, Travis. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, one
1: more thing. Yes, yes. Uh, for, oh, i got a podcast coming out. I've not done a podcast since uh, since October of 2022. Oh, okay. I didn't take one last year. Okay. Um, I talked to Marcus today. I'm going to talk to somebody else tomorrow. Uh, Marcus is up for Sports Writer of the Year, and we'll yes. announce that next week. Did so you? We
0: are you mentioning in the in the podcast that he won the Todd Stuessy oh, yeah. jock Strap? I I would I would like to say I had the best record this year.
1: you? Yeah, did you? Uh, did you I, I feel like you led the entire time except the last game.
0: Yeah, I lost by two points.
1: He lost the uh, I I fell off the cliff. You you led the entire way.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: jumped. Until the last game. Yeah, it had to be the closest final. Well, even number three, and number four were were pretty close. So yeah, you will get the Todd Stuzy game used uh, game used cup. It was used in the uh, the Tennessee Oilers game in ninety eight week uh, weeks uh, week seventy. <laughs>
0: Very good. I, again, I just like to point out I had the best record out of all of us too mm-hmm. in the in the bowl pick'em. I just lost by two points. So your
1: strength of schedule was weak.
0: It was. It was. It was Minnesota
2: week. Oh, well, very sweet, Karen.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, have a great weekend, my friends. Stay warm, and we'll talk to you next week. I'll see you next week. Travis Grin's joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. A lot of stuff we cover. Big news in the head coaching ranks with Pete Carroll uh, getting ousted out of Seattle. Nick Saban retiring at Alabama. Bill Belichick no longer in New England. This uh, it's a quarterback. Or it's a coaching carousel. Get the music started and uh, act like a carousel. And we will we'll we'll follow it all. And we'll talk to you next week about it. We'll recap the NFL. We'll talk college basketball and the like. But we are gonna keep talking about SDSU winning the national championship go big go blue go jacks go blue michigan they beat washington we'll talk about all of that with mar Oh, uh, not mar- uh, with charlie hildebrand coming up next our final time with him for the college football season can't believe it's already come to that but we'll we'll talk about SDSU michigan and much more as we roll on on this week's edition the championship edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find us on podcast.com and archive.org. Also, iTunes, just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stackin, Facebook Nathan Stackin, Travis Krenz on Twitter at Travis Krenz. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. How did Charlie celebrate the Jackrabbits winning back to back national, a second national championship? To go back to back, we'll find out next as we roll on on the Championship Week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Alright, we continue here on this championship edition of the Sports Block Podcast, and pleased to be joined by my good friend, Resident College Football Expert from the Northwest Iowa Review. It's Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how we doing?
3: I'm good. I'm good. It was uh it was quite a good Sunday.
0: It sure was. It sure I mean was. it
3: wasn't good for the Dolphins, but I don't care. South Dakota State won and that's really all I care.
0: It's bittersweet because this is—we uh, have come to the end of another college football season. It seems like it went by extremely fast, uh, but we do have national champions that have been crowned, and we will start with the one that matters most to us. Uh, it wasn't something that was covered much across mainstream media. Especially, you know, Booger McFarland couldn't give two shits about the FCS championship game at halftime of uh, with his analysis there on Sunday but the Jackrabbits are back-to-back national champions beating Montana 23 to 3 it was I would say a B minus C plus game from SDSU in total the defense was phenomenal linebacker Adam Bach made one of the best defensive plays you'll ever see at any level of football and ultimately SDSU prevails uh what uh, what are you feeling right now? What are your over? Uh, what are your general thoughts? Knowing now that uh, we're back to back champs,
3: it's it's very nice. I uh, walked the four blocks in Sheldon to a Hardee's and ate a Frisco burger afterwards in honor of winning another national title in
0: I hope you do that um, again next year. What's that? I hope you do that again next year. Keep doing it. Yeah, it'd
3: be it'd be great if I have to do that every January for like the next six years.
0: Yes, it would. <laughs>
3: Um, I am going to push back some on one thing you said. Sure. You said a B-minus or a C-plus effort. No, I don't no, think no, you could be like, that low with how good their defense point Sure. I think at worst it's got to be a B. Okay. I'd probably say B-plus. Okay. There were definitely some things. There was the one miscue on special teams that yeah. led to the, the buff pot. Or I mean, this wasn't really a buff pot. I think it was a guy thought that it hit an SDSU guy and then he tried to grab it. That, that wasn't good, and there were some turnovers that didn't uh, look that great, but they still scored 20-some points against a good team and yep. played lights-out
2: defense. Yep.
0: I, I meant just like a B overall, because I agree with you. I think the defense was at, you know, at least an A, if not an A+. plus. I mean, they give up a field goal on Montana's opening drive, and that came off of a very long... Um, no, 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 I'm sorry. They didn't get, they I didn't. score. Was, was a second, second. one yeah. after the after SDSU
3: after interception. The yes.
0: Yep. After yeah. the pick. But like Montana was only in position there to almost, you know, tie the game up there early in the second quarter because of the great kickoff return. Uh, by what junior Bergen or whatever and the SDSU because he's one of the most electrifying return men in all of FCS and SDSU outside of that one return did a great job of corralling him dust um um Hunter Duskman deserves a ton of accolades for what he did yeah. in this game between the kickoffs and the punting you know all five punts inside the 20 at least two were inside the 10 like at the five yard line he completely flipped the script with in terms of the field position, and that really helped SDSU's defense kind of hone in on Montana's offense and uh, keep them under wraps.
3: It did. I mean, I think that in terms of, like, the final margin, that's roughly what I was expecting. I, I thought both teams would score more, though. I mean, I thought SDSU's defense would play well. I did not think they would bottle up Bergen as much as they did. And I, I, I don't remember, I think I said, like, 35-17 or 38-21 or something mm-hmm. like that, and more or less, I that's what they won by. But I did not think they'd bottle them up as much as, I mean, not just Bergen, but their whole offense. Yes. And, uh, well, it also, did, the, the announcers it, weren't that great, and, you know, they're not putting the A-Crow for an FCS game, I understand that. Yeah. I do think it was kind of funny when the one, uh the... The color commentator, essentially, says something be backed up. Like I don't know, how come Montana's not getting the ball to Bergen? it's like, you know what? I bet they want to. And SDSU does that, and is not letting them do it. Well, and I be- mean, sure, you can run, you can run like little plays to get them the ball that aren't going to work that well. But in terms of what you want to do and getting them the ball in space, I think they were very. Uh, I think mean, that was very important to not let them let him uh, get hot, get going. To be fair, he
0: Roddy Jones may have been taking a, a page out of Dan Orlovsky's playbook from Saturday when he kept asking, well, why, why isn't Pittsburgh getting uh, George Pickens involved? Like, throw the ball to George Pickens. Hmm, you think maybe they want to do that, Dan? But maybe it's uh, the field conditions or the, the weather conditions are playing a factor in that and they just want to run the ball? Or do you think maybe Baltimore is taking George Pickens away? Hmm, yeah, maybe. So I think maybe Roddy Jones was taking a page out of that book. I will say... I'm very happy that they won the national championship. Um, this is a feeling that will not get old, I don't think. And, you know, for years I had always been of the mindset that, oh, like a, a win in March Madness does so much more for like a university's profile. And to some extent, I still believe that in terms of national exposure. But I got to tell you, like winning the national championship is just so great and uh, at the fcs level but i it did feel a little different this year Not, i don't know if it was because it was the second one and not the first but because of the opponent like it just was like okay it's it was it was satisfying it's great that we won a national championship but it wasn't quite as you know fulfilling does that does that make yeah. sense at all
3: no, I know what you're saying. As a uh, as, as a kid being a Nebraska fan, which they're clearly not that good now. But I have some experience with this as a young child. I'm just not intellectually wise enough to understand some of those emotions. But I think like eighty five percent of what you're feeling is just that it's not the first time. You know, like many sure. things in life, you know, nothing's the same as the first time you do it. You no. know. I'm sure I'm sure you get pleasure giving your wife a kiss on the lips. It is probably not the same as the first time you guys get no. Um I do think that, all, all, like you said, beating North Dakota State probably did put a little extra oomph on it. I mean, I think Montana is good enough, and I think it's fun. But obviously, you're right; it's not the same as beating, you know, not just a conference rival, but the team that, and I, I know that historically it's USD. But I think we can all agree that. Almost every South Dakota State fan, especially the ones under, you know, 45 or 50, are going to be like, oh, yeah, I yeah. would much rather beat North Dakota State. That's a bigger game because they've just been better.
0: I think the other thing that I, that a uh, couple other things that make me kind of think that it's like, okay, SDSU, we, we've we seen how great this offense has been all year with Isaiah Davis and the Yankee twins and, and Hines and Grenowski and how, how great they all are. And it just didn't feel like that was their best game. So like to end the end their illustrious careers on uh, on that is like okay. Like I wish we had seen just a little bit more from them that they all could have you know scored a touchdown or whatever. But I mean three of the four did, and that's fine. Also, and like I'll take a win no matter how it comes. Uh, it can be seven to three via two safeties and a field goal for all I care. But with Clifton McDowell. The Montana quarterback suffering a leg injury. Uh, at least that's what I believe they said during the the telecast in that first half. That really did limit Montana. So I felt like SDSU didn't wasn't like truly tested by that Mon- by the Montana offense as much as they could have been. So that's maybe a little less satisfying to me. But overall, I don't like. That's very minimal to the overall joy and. Um, just happiness I feel about winning this national championship.
3: Here's here's another thing I thought of as you were saying that too and this could be part of why again I think you know 70 or 80% of it is it's not the first time. I, another small piece of it and maybe this is, this is going to depend on the person you might not personally feel this way. Do you think some of it is that people online before the game were being like this might be one of the best FCS teams like ever And that Clearly Like obviously South Dakota State was really good Last year You're not going to not be good to win a national title right? They were just better this year So I think it was also less surprising That like I don't think we're stunned That they were I don't think we were stunned that they won last year but there was still that element of, like, well, they haven't done it before. What are they going to do? It's North yep. Dakota State. North Dakota State does this. Yes.
0: Yep. And that
3: now, and I say no, a little bit different than the fact that they'd already won it, but just that it was like, oh, this team is. It's expected. It, you know, we, we found out in, like, week two or whatever when they beat a really good Montana State team. And it was like, oh, well, this is the best team they're going to play for a month and a half. Yes. And then I know you and I would ever be talking. So I was like, well, I don't know. They're playing at you. I mean, and I don't remember. I can't rattle off everyone. They play it off the top yeah. of my head. Oh, no,
0: they're playing set. Northern Iowa but, on Hobo Day. We know the history yeah. of that.
3: <laughs> I remember that was one. There was another one where it was like, well, you know what?
0: Youngstown State, North maybe? Dakota. I yeah. don't think
3: they're going to be able to beat North Dakota. And it's like, yep. oh, well, actually, they won. Yep. And they just kept beating all these teams for, and for the most part and away. Yep. And it just kind of, I mean, again, this is kind of like me, you know, with 1995 Nebraska is you just get so used to it that there are times, and I remember so many Nebraska fans being like this when I was a kid, that you start complaining after wins. And, I mean, it's a good spot to be in because it means you're that good. Mm-hmm. But you also being like, yeah, I mean, they played well and I'm happy, but, you know, they didn't do this right, they didn't do this right, they didn't do this right. Yep. And, you know, that's after beating a loaded Montana team by three touchdowns in the national title. Oh, absolutely. So, anyways, that's just to say, I understand what you're feeling. And I've been there before, um, but I think that that could be some of it. It's not just not just that they'd already won it, that it wasn't North Dakota State, but also that it's just like, oh, we realized how good this team was and could be early, mm-hmm. and they clearly did a good job. I mean, it's the equivalent of, like, you know, a kid who's got an A-plus in a class of – Still finishing with an A plus in a class, but it's like, oh, you got a B plus on your final. Sure. You still yeah. get an A plus, but I mean plus. you didn't you, you didn't dominate the class in the last one the way we thought you might. And that's fine. You still did everything you needed to and we're all happy. Yep. But there is that little bit of almost like uh like I do kinda of wonder what would have happened.
0: I don't want to feel like and I and I don't think I will but I've seen this from NDSU fans that, you know, the more they win championships, it almost got like a little boring to them. And I hope that's not the case ever for Jackrabbit fans. Like, relish this. You know, don't don't take this for granted. Because this is, you know, and, and you know, next year could have its ups and downs as you play a whole bunch of new players here that, uh, you know, because this was a very senior-laden team. A lot of guys came back. Now, they'll, they'll still be... A few, uh, like you know, a handful of guys that come back next year. Um, hopefully Gronowski comes back. Uh, it sounds like Hunter Dustman will, Adam Bach will, got Tucker Larch. So you got guys that are coming back that uh, played this year, and you'll have guys who were backups this year that played meaningful games because SDSU is always blowing guy, uh, blowing teams out. That will have game experience, so that will help. Uh, matters next year, but never take this for granted, uh, and you know just keep relishing the fact that you keep winning and win these national championships, and it'll never get old. The thing about it as well, I think, is is how historically good this SDSU team was. They outscored opponents in the playoffs, 146 to 15. Uh, they had given up one touchdown in like 48 possessions in the playoffs. That's insane, or like maybe their last. 48 drives of the season. The defense did. It's absolutely insane. The offense was great all year long. The defense was historically great. I mean, this will go down as one of the best FCS teams ever in history, along with the likes of one of maybe one or two of the NDSU squads, maybe a Marshall team from back in the 90s or whatever, maybe an App State from the early 2000s. However you want to slice and dice it, this SDSU team is going to be forever... Um, memorialized as one of the best teams ever at the FCS level.
3: You're totally right. And to your point on like not getting dumb to it, like, this is where we should say, and hopefully it doesn't work out like this, but it's, it's possible, and I would say probably likely, that not only will they not win a national title next year, there's a good chance they won't win one in the next five years. So, I mean, I would much rather we get to the point that we become dumb to it. It's boring because they win so often, but, Mm -hmm. like, as good as they are, and, I mean, they they can win, you know, next year, too. I don't want to say, like, they can't or they won't, but this is not the case like last year where it's like, oh, hey, we have all these COVID six-year guys that are coming back. You know, for uh '98 yeah. Jordan Bulls, one last dance. Yeah. The, um, well, last year it was but, run it back,
0: Jax. That's what yeah, that model and, was.
3: Yeah, I think they'll still be good. They'll, they'll be ranked high, and they will have as good of a shot as probably anybody. But it's just not going to be the same next year. Yep. And I, I mean, you yeah. know, it's that's just and, that, and honestly, that's the way it's supposed to be. Teams. What North Dakota State did is never supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, what South Dakota State did isn't supposed to happen either. Like, you're not supposed to. It's rare that anyone wins back to back national titles or Super Bowls or World Series or anything. And there's a reason we remember teams that do because it doesn't happen very often.
0: Are you a little stunned that SDSU didn't get any votes in the top 25 poll um, that, that came out on Tuesday? For,
3: not for, really I mean I think they probably should have if everyone will be honest ranking the teams I think that's just not how NDSU got. think when they do it
0: NDSU did receive votes at one point so I'm a little surprised especially when you look at the Sagarin ratings and how SDSU is top 20 that um, that they want to at least garner some consideration or some votes because I, I could
3: tell you right now I think like, they definitely should have but I'm just yeah, not surprised yeah
0: it, Feels like a little bit of a slap in the face, and maybe that disrespect, and I think that could play into their advantage, depending on how everything plays out in the off season and who stays, who goes. You know, if Gronowski gets, um, you know, tempted to leave, or if he stays put, or or whatnot. Uh, but they play Oklahoma State Week One next year, and say like, hey, you know what? Maybe we probably maybe we deserved a few votes. Here against the FBS, if they can, you know, use that as a little extra motivation to beat an FBS team, that would, uh, you know, I guess we'll thank the AP voters for, for that then.
3: <laughs> here's here's a fun little game we can play quick, too. Yeah. I don't think that South Dakota State would have won any of the Power Five conferences this year. Um, sure. But let's do this. Yep. Do you think South Dakota State would have won the Big Ten West this year? oh I think yep. there's a pretty good chance yes. they would up I think, yeah. you know, you never know obviously, we'll never be able to truly figure it out I, I don't know what happens when they play Iowa to a degree, it probably depends if they play him in Iowa City or in Brookings because yep. Iowa's defense was plenty good but yep. it was so bad on offense other than Iowa, I don't think they have much of a problem anyone else in the Big Ten West this year. I would agree with that. And that there's a good chance they're playing Michigan in the Big Ten title game.
0: I mean, Conference USA, they would wipe the floor pretty much with all of them.
3: I think they would have won every group of five conference this year. Okay. I think that they would have, depending on what division, and this is where I'm going with this. The Pac-12, they just take the top two teams. I don't think they would have finished in the top two in the Pac-12. Correct. I think they might have finished fourth or fifth, which would be an accomplishment in itself. But I don't think they're they're equaling Oregon or Washington.
0: Yep, I um, agree with that.
3: I don't think that they are winning the division. Or I forget if the ACC is the top two or if they had Atlanta for the, Coastal, so no.
0: the Top two now. Yep, they got rid of that this year.
3: Okay. Clearly, they're not going to be undefeated. I don't think they would have beat. I mean, we can get into if Jordan Travis is healthy. I don't want to get into that. Let's yep. just assume he was healthy. I don't think they beat Florida State that way. I think they might have finished second in the ACC. Possibly, and I think they might have finished second in the Big Twelve this year. Also, wow! Yeah. I do not think, and again, I don't. They wouldn't have beat Alabama or Georgia. I, and I don't think they'd beat Old Miss either. And there's a LSU's weird because I don't think they would have really been able to slow down LSU that much. Probably could have scored against them, but I think that they legitimately might have been the second best team in the Big Twelve this year after Texas. The you American would. It would, would have been very interesting to see them play Oklahoma.
0: The American, I think, would be the one conference that I would say, like, I don't know if I could have them beating, say, Tulane or SMU. Like, I, but I mean that there's a certain who's to say they couldn't. But yeah, you're right. They they could have easily played and beaten just about everyone in in these non-power five schools, and we'll see what happens here, but either way, it's a great day to be a Jackrabbit. It's always a great day to be a Jackrabbit, but we're national champions. One
3: other last one yeah, with that, yeah. just because, and obviously, let's just say they were in any of the group of five conferences. Mm-hmm. If they are the group of five representative in a New Year Six game, and everything plays out the same with the same matchups and everything, yep. I don't think they'd need Oregon. I think they'd lose to Oregon by multiple touchdowns. I think it would have been a much more competitive game than the one against Liberty. Was,
0: Absolutely. Though. They would have scored more than six, and I think they would have given up less than 45.
3: I think that it's possible that they could have cut Oregon's score in half. I'm not saying they would have only given up 21 or 24, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's impossible. Like I, I, I think the best version of this, and again, I'm not saying this is what I think or it's likely. I think there's a scenario, though, where it's like, oh, hey, you know, SDSU had the ball and had chances down 21-10 to You cut it to a one-score game in the fourth quarter and just couldn't couldn't quite do it and lost 21-10 to Oregon. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite that close, but I think that there's a realistic possibility, like more than a 5 or 10% chance, sure. that that's basically what the score is in that game.
0: Absolutely. Uh, should note that Zach Luan is now going to be the offensive coordinator at Northwestern, which sucks, but they plucked the offensive coordinator from UND, he's coming down to Brookings now, so we'll see if there's any other uh shakeup with the coaching staff, but uh you know, to be able to get a guy from a uh, you know, conference rival and it seems like uh the players are like the recruiting wise he's very good there, so the players kinda like that. So that's good. It sucks to lose Zach, but uh, good for him getting promoted to offensive coordinator at Northwestern and um, you know, thanks to him for kind of helping lead the ship here. Uh, the ships, I should say, because of back-to-back jacks. That's right. <laughs> but uh, always a great, a you know, great year, historic year, and hopefully we, the jacks will run it back for a third straight year next year. But uh, you know, we're, we're relishing in this um, rarefied air right now with the the back-to-back national championships. Now two. In the case, you know, still seven behind NDSU, but uh, you you could definitely tell which program has kind of got the momentum right now, as far as as far as the FCS is concerned.
3: And we'll see how long it lasts. It may, it may not be the case after week one next season, but Jimmy Rogers is undefeated as that goes.
0: He I'm sure is. And they fun. have a 29-game. See, and, and that's I, – I really want them to beat Oklahoma State because I want this win streak to continue to see if they can get to the, what, 38 or whatever that NDSU had. Like, that's the record and whatnot. But for them to do that, they'd have to beat Oklahoma State next year. I think if they beat Oklahoma State – there's a good chance they are undefeated going into November into the, the game against NDSU at the Fargo Dome for the for the Dakota marker.
3: Like, And you know what? Oklahoma State quarterback Darius Bowman just got his seventh year of eligibility. He's yeah. old. He could have arthritis or something. Yeah. Then he gets hurt right away. And, I mean, uh, he's, he's got to be like 50 now, it seems like. I think he's older than we are. I think I, uh, I'm joking. He's not right. older than we are,
0: Ollie... But... Ollie... Uh... Uh, what the Oklahoma State running back? I don't think he's coming back, right? Uh, you know, it's Fenninoli Uh, so we we hopefully won't have to worry about that. And it's not like Oklahoma State lit the world on fire last year. They had good wins, but they had some bad losses. Remember, this is a team that lost for what forty, or like thirty-eight to seven to South Alabama. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Oklahoma State is is in for a, a tough sledding next year. Of uh, I would say against SDSU, but but we'll see what happens. Either way. Jackrabbits are national champions, and that's great. Michigan, uh, so we say go big, go blue, go Jacks. They're also saying go blue in Ann Arbor, where Michigan beat Washington Monday night in Houston 34-13, to a game in which Michigan dominated in the first quarter, I think, Everyone, just about everyone, was like, oh, my gosh, are we going to have another one of these like Georgia TCU games from last year where Michigan – It's so
3: like it early. Yeah,
0: they just blew them. They were blowing them out 17-3. Washington couldn't stop the run game at all. Second quarter, things changed. Uh, Washington got within a, a touchdown, and then they get the ball first to begin the second half, throw an interception right away hold them to hold Michigan to a field goal. Washington responds with a field goal and a lot of punting back and forth and just felt like Washington had so many chances but Pennix was off for much of the game and I think give a lot of credit to Michigan's defense there for getting the pressure with only four or five guys for the most part all night long but eventually Michigan was able to score a couple of late touchdowns and and they win I don't think they were the best team in the country. I think if push came to shove, I think Georgia would have won. If Georgia, had- Oh,
3: Stach, you can't be one of these people telling me Georgia. Oh, I the ca- biggest I- game of the season they didn't win. I they know they didn't beat Alabama. Who Michigan went on? to. Beat.
0: I know. I'm just saying, if they were in the playoff, I think they would have probably beat Michigan. Regardless, though, I don't if, think they would have this year.
3: You don't think I so? I think Michigan's okay. defense was so good they would have beat anybody. Okay. It in front of them. I, it's, what do we? What do we? Um, Since Georgia yeah. didn't have had that good of an offense, that's which is exactly what Michigan wants to do. They're like, oh, we'll gladly play you in this game. That, that is, true. I think Georgia from twenty twenty two would have definitely beat Michigan, and I think that's when everyone says that Georgia would have won. And I think that's a case of everyone getting too excited about recruiting stars and Georgia's past success.
0: Okay, that's that's fair. What were you, what was your overall takeaway from from the national championship Monday night? Because it just felt like Washington, had opportunity after opportunity, and. Uh, we will credit, I will credit Michigan's defense, but I also thought Penix was just off. And maybe that's some of the injuries. Dylan Johnson was playing really hurt, and uh, they were just off. Washington was off, and that's ultimately what cost them the game.
3: Biggest takeaway, do you want my serious or my smart-ass joking?
0: I want both. I want both. Which order? Uh, let's go serious first, then smart
3: my serious one is that Michigan's defense was the best in the country, and is you know as good as South Dakota State's was at the FCS level. Yeah, and I think you're right that Washington was off, and other than maybe Panix getting banged up a couple times during the game, that was because Michigan's defense was so good. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think I think also that like if we play this game, in, you know. I don't want to say that just because we saw the one result that it means it's gonna be that way every time necessarily. Yeah, I think this was the one that Washington was like had a chance to win because Michigan was screwing up. This wasn't the joke I was gonna say. This is a different one I'm just making okay. up right now. All right. Keep, keep uh, coming. Apparently being an offensive coordinator and wanting to run the ball must be as painful as being in a relationship and having to tell your significant other that they're right. You are wrong. Like it must just be the most painful thing ever to be like we're going to run the ball up the middle because offensive coordinators seem to hate doing it across the board. Anymore. Yes,
0: they do. Yes, they do. Yep, yep. I, I. That's that's very good. You have another. Jo- uh, you have the, another one. The joke
3: I was going to say that this was not this one I had had. You know, uh, cock in the chamber. Yeah. Um. And, and i like that one off the cuff. Uh, I feel bad for Tom Crean because he's married to Jim and John Harbaugh's sister. Yep. And man, those next family reunions are not going to be fun. When they're like, what are you up to, Tom? I I'm th- like, ah, you know what? I, I, I've never won a Super Bowl or a national title."
0: There was a, they, I think ESPN got him in like a screen grabber, you know, got him on camera. And he had that look of like, oh, shit, this is not going to be fun. Uh, coming up next, so I totally understand where you're coming from there.
3: Thanksgiving, he's going to be sitting with all the eight-year-olds as everyone else as all the other adults are at the actual adult table.
0: Yes, yep, you, you're resigned. So he you got kids. fired
3: from Indiana? Come on, Tom.
0: Yeah, yeah. Blue Blood? Come on. Uh, I did think, you know, Pen- Penix was uh, affected, you know, by some drops by his guy. I was thinking of the Nixon the running back who dropped a, a pass that would have been a third down uh, conversion when Washington was only down by seven, and that could have changed the complexion. Also, he was missing guys who were wide open. He didn't see guys who were wide open, but if he did, he overthrew them. It just that he was off. And I, I think get- that's
3: as simple as that Michigan's defense is good, and yes. they have a really good pass rush, and that speeds up your clock. Yep. As a quarterback, especially when you're getting hit. So, like, you're right that he was off, but I think it's because of what they were doing and started doing early in the game. And it just got to him in a big game, and that happens to all quarterbacks. I mean, it happened to Tom Brady in 07 against the yep. New York Giants. Yeah, that's and, true. you know, as, as good as Phoenix is in college football, I don't think we're going to be looking back 20 years from now and saying he was as good as Tom Brady, just because I don't know if anyone's going to that they're successful. I, but, I, and I think that sometimes we overcomplicate things. and it's that, I mean, Washington's good, I'm not taking anything away from their great season, mm-hmm. and they just ran into a loaded and experienced defense. Like, that's the other big thing, is that yeah. a lot of those guys are really experienced and have been there for a while. And, you know, whenever they say, like, oh, well, you know, they have all those five stars that Georgia and Alabama do. It's like, well, yeah, maybe they weren't that good coming out of high school, but they're all going to get drafted at the next level. So who cares what they were as 18, It's 21 and 22-year-olds. They're really, really damn good.
0: Yes. Yes, they are. Um, I do wonder how big of a hit Penix's uh, draft stock is going to take now as a result of this. Hopefully not much because he still makes a ton of great throws, but it is just, you know, now that you kind of see that, it's like, oh, when he went up against a really good defense, you saw him kind of flustered and not making the throws. Uh, wait, I, I do. I will give Washington. I mean, cr-
3: maybe, but he looks good against Texas as defense. Yes, yeah. Texas didn't have as good of a defense as Michigan, but it's not like they were terrible. You're right. So, anyways, I, I think. But basically, I think those will cancel each other out, and then I, it'll just kind of be like, well, what did you think going into the playoffs? And that's what they'll still say. I do give Washington. That'd be my guess.
0: Sure, and I do give Washington a ton of credit for. For shoring things up in the second quarter, into the third quarter, you know, and really halfway through the fourth quarter before things kind of opened up a bit, but to be able to corral Edwards and and Corbin after they had gone off, specifically Edwards, who had you know two touchdowns on his first two carries, or 87 yards. I mean, for them yeah. to be able to kind of you know get stuff together and and limit Michigan's offense moving forward that was big um the, the the backbreaker was the third down run by McCarthy when they Michigan was backed up and it was still 20 to 13 and he picks up the first down and Michigan scores like five plays later that was the big backbreaker um and Washington just couldn't overcome it but and now unfortunately the Pac-12 is no more as well so a uh, final parting thoughts on the Pac-12 what do you what do you what do you think
3: I mean, I'm going to miss the Pac-12. I'm really going to miss the Pac-12 after dark. I think when we talked about this before, I said something like this. And if I didn't, but I should have. But they should still call it Pac-12 after dark when two Pac-12 teams or two former Pac-12 teams play Mm -hmm. and it's at that slot. I mean, it's not like if the conference is dissolving, you can do whatever you want with it. It's not like they have – at least I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't know the locality of it, but – you know what, who cares? ESPN owns all this stuff anyway. Well, so that, they, they
0: don't own the Big Ten, so they won't have Oregon, Washington, USC, or UCLA. They will have the Arizona schools, Utah, and Colorado, though, in the Big 12.
3: But no, that's what I'm saying. It's both yeah. the Big 12 and the Big Ten should yeah. do that when yes. they are playing, when former Pac-12 teams are playing each other in a night game, they should call it that, but I don't, I mean, we've talked about this, I don't like that the pac 12 ending, and I think it's dumb
1: yep I um, agree.
3: and it's it is sad that it is ending that way and that they kind of it, it would have been very nice if washington would have won i would have preferred that washington won even aside from that because i just don't really like michigan i think almost everyone was rooting for washington outside of you know washington state gordon fans yes michigan fans, obviously but um yeah. but yeah it's just a uh, it's a painful reminder of what uh how television has changed collegiate sports. That all yes. anyone cares about is getting more TV money.
0: Yep. And uh, is Jim Harbaugh going to be at Michigan next year? Or is he going to be in the NFL?
3: I think he's going to be in the NFL. I don't. Th- I think by. I guess I don't know when the next time we'll talk. For this will be. I think by the time. By the time we're to the AFC and NFC title games, if not before then, you will have taken one of the open NFL jobs.
0: Okay, of which you, I
3: did not necessarily think the Tennessee Titans would be one of those. That's open, but that is also going to be one now, too.
0: I think it's Chargers or bust for him. I think it's if if he doesn't land with the Chargers. So? Yep, because Chargers have Justin Herbert. Apparently, it's a job he kind of coveted last year, but the Char, uh, you know, Brandon Staley was still there. He wants Justin Herbert. I think that's where he goes. That's the only place that I see him going at all.
3: I understand what you're saying, and I think that that would be one he would like and would look at. I don't remember. I think he did briefly play for this team, I'm about to say. And I think just him being who he is, I get a sense sense that he's going to be in the Chicago Bears' coach. That he's going to be like Big Ten, Midwest, I don't care, I, you know, maybe he keeps yep. Justin Fields, maybe not, I don't know. But I, that just it seems to me, it would just be like, yep, turned turn Michigan mean... around, I turned the 49ers around, yep. I'm bringing the Bears back. Oh, but I th- i think that
0: would definitely happen, but the Bears would have to fire Eberflus first.
3: And... No, I thought they had fired no, no You know no. what, I, yep. then, you know, and clearly the NFL does this, I think that maybe they, well actually I guess they probably would have fired him by now if it's... Tuesday as we're talking, so maybe maybe not. Maybe, or maybe they, he waits a year for the Bears job because I don't. I don't think that the Bears guy going to stick around much longer.
0: No, no, probably not. Uh, about the but they do have the number one overall pick. Who knows? But I I, I do think it's Chargers or, or Michigan, and I'll, I'm kind of leaning towards the Chargers. Here but at you're, this you're, point,
3: I, I don't know why I thought that I saw and so I got fired anyway. Well, he, uh, he, he but you're mean. right. If, if obviously that job's not open, he can't take it. So then, yeah, I would think that the Chargers would easily be the biggest one because I think he played for the Chargers also. In fact, just in a weird, yes. you know how yep. times change. Uh, I think Mike Riley was the San Diego Chargers coach, and Ryan Leaf got benched in year two or three or whatever, uh-huh. and it was like let's go with Jim Harbaugh, and I so I think he did start there under Mike Riley. So, yeah, it wouldn't make sense then. And obviously, Herbert's got talent. They've got talented receivers. So.
2: Mm-hmm. It would
0: It would be something. Yeah. And then you, of co- co- course, go against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Sean Payton and Jarrett Stidham. I mean, Luke, who wouldn't love that?
3: Uh, um, He's got experience in San Diego. He coached at the university or whatever. That the, he did. Not SDSU or the other one. Yep. So, I'm... I'm sure that there are probably some things you liked in San Diego. I mean, not but besides the weather. But. Couple quick. Sorry, points. I keep forgetting. No, the Chargers aren't in San Diego anymore. They're in they, Los Angeles now. They should still like be five in San years Diego. And I still keep forgetting. That. They
0: should still be in San Diego, though. That's they really the should. They
3: really should. I'm going to be saying this about Washington and Oregon and the Pac-12 soon yes, yes. I'm going to be like the Pac-12, and you're going to be like Charlie. The pac 12 hasn't existed for four years. Be we'll like, I know. I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. We will I bo- still forget that Maryland is in the Big Ten. Stack.
0: We will still we will shed a big uh we we will shed a tear every time we accidentally say the Pac-12 because we wish it was still there. I have a couple quick things here. So normally, like at the end of the NFL season, I always go back and and see like, oh, how did I do with You know the final standings and whatnot. Like who whose record did I get exactly right? So I did that this year for for the Power Five schools that I ranked. In the ACC, I got Duke and NC State exactly correct. Syracuse, Virginia, I they won one more game than I expected. Miami, uh, Virginia Tech, and uh, Wake Forest won one fewer game than I thought. I was off the most uh, with Louisville and Pitt. Probably not a surprise. Was there any surprise, really, in the ACC for you?
3: Uh, Duke was better than I thought they would be off the top of my head. I'm trying to think back to how I was thinking about things going into the season. Some of that I don't remember. I don't remember how good or bad I thought Clemson was going to be. I don't remember who I picked to win the ACC. I'm assuming I picked Florida State, but maybe I did Charlie Gets Clever and picked someone else. But I'm trying to think back. Duke's the one that I would have been the most surprised about, I think.
2: Let
0: me see if I can find it here. Um, I have it somewhere. Um, I'll see if I can find it. But um, in the big... Oh, I think we got it here. Um, you had in the ACC... Clemson versus Florida State. You had Florida State winning. So that that's all I got. I don't, I don't have yeah. records. Uh, in the Big Ten... I got Indiana exactly right. So kudos to me for getting 3-9 and nine Indiana exactly right. Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all won one more game than I thought they would. Maryland and Purdue won one less game than I thought they would. And I think everyone was off on Northwestern. They won five more games than I thought they would this year.
3: Yeah, I, I know definitely, I said Duke for the ACC, Northwestern's absolutely the most surprising
0: in the Big Ten for me. In the Big 12, I got BYU and Kansas exactly right, was one off uh, with Oklahoma and Texas winning one more game than I thought they would. Texas Tech won one fewer game, and I was definitely off with uh, several teams in this conference. Iowa State and West Virginia both won four more games than I thought they would. TCU won four fewer
3: Um, I don't remember a whole lot about what I, I remember I thought it would be Texas and Oklahoma, or sorry, Texas and Kansas State in the yes. Big 12 title game. Yep. And I think I maybe had Kansas State winning, which you that did. definitely didn't yep. turn out. right. So, yep. so, I mean, I don't know if I want to say Texas is my most surprising, because I still am doing well. Um, Or no, you know, my, I don't remember how I picked him or what I said. West Virginia ended up in the top 25, if I remember right. So, I'm pretty sure West Virginia would be my most surprising team.
0: The Pac-12 was my best conference by far this year. Uh, Stanford and UCLA I got their records exactly right. Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and Washington State all won one more game than I thought they would. Arizona State, Oregon State, Utah all won one fewer game. USC was the the team I was off the most on. They won four fewer games than I thought they would. But I would you know if I'm getting eleven of the fourteen teams right within one game. I'm going to take that as a as a victory lap, uh, and yeah, it's not half bad. Uh, or you we you had Oregon against USC in the Pac-12 championship game. I had USC versus Washington. Uh, so we both had one team correct, and we both had USC. Yep, wrong on that.
3: Also, if I remember right, I think technically Colorado had a better year than I thought they. Were. I think I said they well, were only going to win like two games. Yeah, and uh, they just—they had a very chaotic year. That it seems bad, but it actually was much better than the year before. But they—they they were four and eight, if I remember right. Yes, yep. It just seemed like they might go nine and three or ten and two at one point. Obviously, that did not happen.
0: I was very scared when they started out three and zero. I'm like, oh, crap! Like my record's going to be way off with them. They're going to be bowl eligible here. And then the then the schedule got more difficult, and the train fell off the tracks.
3: Uh, yeah, knowing what we know now, it's weird that uh, Oregon was able to absolutely decimate Colorado when they hit the first
0: spot. Yep. And then in the SEC, Georgia and Kentucky got their records exactly right. Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss all won one more game than I thought they would. Texas A&M and Mississippi State uh, lost one more uh, won one fewer game or lost one more game than I thought they would. I was off the most with Arkansas and Vanderbilt. I had them winning four more games than what they did, so they won four fewer. And Missouri won five more games than I thought they would. Missouri was the big surprise for me. Or the, to was,
3: the biggest Missouri, definitely a big surprise. Also, Ole Miss, I don't remember what I said, but I think Ole Miss was better than I thought they would be. And your Pac 12 was really good. I don't remember. I mean, I didn't pick the conference game by game like you did. The SEC was definitely mine because if I remember it, right, I had Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC title game in Georgia, or in LSU, or sorry, I had Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC title game, which happened. And I yeah. think I may have had Georgia having a loss already, which would have been wrong. But I'm pretty sure I said that Alabama would have one loss, although I just didn't pick the right team. I didn't have them losing to Texas. Yep. I think I had them losing to Texas A&M, if I remember right. I think that's what I said.
0: You possibly did, but I do know you had Alabama beating Georgia. Your playoff teams, uh, you had Alabama against Michigan in the Sugar Bowl, Penn State versus Oregon in the Rose Bowl, so you had the one matchup exactly right there, I had LSU against Michigan and Georgia against USC. So you 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 did better
3: on the playoff picks than I did. Your Cotton Bowl. I did I did great for the playoff to start to yep. get the four teams getting two of them, but then it was not good after that.
0: Your Cotton Bowl was Kansas State versus Ohio State, so that's
3: you know pretty pretty darn
0: close. I mean that's a that's a very good prediction there with Ohio State making it. The Peach Bowl, Texas versus Georgia. Could have happened. Florida State in the Orange Bowl against Notre Dame. And Toledo against USC in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, My Fiesta Bowl was Washington against Notre Dame, so neither team made it there. Clemson versus Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. That didn't happen. Florida State versus Tennessee in the Peach Bowl. That didn't happen. Texas versus Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. So my postseason big bowl games were way off. So kudos to you. You had a far better... um, you had a far better goal of it uh, than I did with the, the postseason
3: predictions. I did better in August, but based off the bowl pick-em, you did better in December making games than I did.
0: Thank you. I did have the best record, but I think Marcus, uh, the Pop-Tart uh, bowl mascot, I think he beat me by two points overall. Which... which
3: I feel like he actually had the best mascot, or not best mascot, the best team name. Yes. For ours were just euphemisms off panics. which I think were both funny. But I, it ended up being that the Pop Tarts one was the uh, the real star of the bowl season.
0: It, it was and apt uh, appropriately, Marcus was the winner of the bowl season. So, uh, any final thoughts, Charlie? Uh, it, it again, it's always bittersweet when it comes to this point because it means college football's done. It means I'm you know done talking to you about college football at least for now. But you of course are always welcome to come on the podcast if you ever want. Just you know, let me know if you want to jump on for whatever. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll pick things up for sure uh, in August again, but any parting thoughts, any final wisdom from you or, uh, anything that you would like to discuss at, at all before we say so long for the year?
3: I think it's interesting that in the, uh, I think it's about a decade or 10 years of the college football playoff, mm-hmm. 2014 through 20 or 23. Yep. And uh, they were all Southern teams that won, except the first and the last year, when it was Ohio State and when it was uh, Michigan this past year. Um, and uh, I think this is the longest saban has gone without winning a national title since he uh, uh, took over in Alabama. And you know what? I hope it stays that way. I hope he doesn't win anymore.
0: I, I, I don't think he's going to win next year. Just the, Just a hunch.
3: I mean, he'll be on the short list of teams with a chance. Yep. Uh, and the other thing, too, it's going to be different picking a 12-team playoff for our uh, preseason yes. predictions. Yep. We're going to get a lot more teams right, I bet, because you don't have to be like, well, we got to pick who wins the conference. That right. could be like, well, who's just going to be in the top two or three teams in each conference? And I feel like we're well, at, uh, at a higher percentage now. Hopefully. I still don't
0: like that it's going to 12. I think eight would have been plenty, but um, you know what? Change is inevitable, I guess. Uh, but
3: There's always going to be some years where it's that's the perfect number and some years where it won't be, and I do think it's interesting that you can make a pretty good case that the first and the last year, it was like, yep, four teams was probably basically right. And I know people complain about it was five, and, oh, no, this team should have gotten in. But I think that there were some years it was right, some years it wasn't. And, but overall, it was what we needed the first of the last year.
0: Yeah, indeed. Charlie, always appreciate the time, my friend. Again, you're welcome anytime. Uh, but, uh, again, sucks that college football season's done, but now we, now we look forward to next year rest up enjoy more Frisco burgers if you want you know just keep <laughs> just keep celebrating that uh, and uh be safe be well out there this year uh, you know finishing uh, the winter sports season and uh we'll talk soon
3: sounds good thanks for having me on all season stacking and uh, for one last time uh back to back go big go blue, go jacks
0: back to back jacks baby <laughs>
3: that's all right
0: <laughs> thank you Charlie go, enjoy yep, being a national back-to-back. champion for the next 364 days.
3: That's right. I'm going to do that. You've the same.
0: Thank you very much, my friend. We'll talk soon. Yep. Charlie Hildebrand kind enough to join me this week and all season long here. Um it's just incredible. Uh always appreciate his time and stuff and yeah, the college football season is done. Congratulations to Michigan on winning a national championship that will likely that could be vacated here in the next Five years and of course, congratulations to our South Dakota State University Jackrabbits on winning their second consecutive national championship game. We're gonna wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, the Championship Week edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at week eighteen in the NFL. Make some picks for the wild card round. So we're done with the regular season. It is playoff time now. We go back to week eighteen in very rainy. Cold, yucky conditions because of a winter storm, winter storm ember or whatever. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers needed to win. Baltimore resting several of their starters, including Lamar Jackson. Pittsburgh prevails 17-10. to Wasn't pretty, but they did get the job done and they do get the win. And then Saturday night, it was the battle for... A playoff spot for two teams in the AFC South, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. CJ Stroud hits Nico Collins on the first play of the game for Houston offensively. 75 yards for a touchdown. Houston grabbed the lead. They wouldn't give it up. They win 23 19. They had a big fourth down stop. Uh, just an incredible job that CJ Stroud, that head coach D'Amico Ryans has done, Houston uh, going to the playoffs. Uh, and we'll get to more of that on in a minute here then Sunday's games Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings 30 to 20 Nick Mullins had a big game a couple interceptions ultimately the defense just couldn't stop the Lions Lions rookie tight end Sam LaPorta does get injured and he's likely to miss this week's game this week's playoff game uh but maybe it, it, it sounds like it's just a bone bruise or in the in the leg which is better than what it looked like when he got carted off the field but Lions finish off the Vikings. Viking season done at seven and ten. Buccaneers win the NFC South thanks to a nine-nothing victory over the Carolina Panthers. Antoine Winfield Jr. with the play of the day uh, for the Bucs, The play of the game made the play of the day all the way around. Stop uh, knocking the football out of DJ Chark's hands at the one at the, right before Chark could extend the ball across the goal line, falling through the end zone uh, for a touchback. So the Panthers didn't score there. That would have given them the lead. Buccaneers, they, they didn't score at all then, all game. Buccaneers prevail 9-0. Browns rested their starters. Bengals at home. They cap off the season with a win 31-14 over Jeff Driscoll and the Browns. Jets finally beat the Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. What Bill had won What 15 straight games against the Jets. Finally, New York breaks through in the snow, seventeen to three, ends a miserable year really for both teams, a year filled with so many expectations for the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and whatnot, but you know he got injured four plays in, and you know honestly very happy that that happened. Regardless, could this have been the last game for Bill Belichick as head coach of the Patriots? That is something that we will wait to find out. But the Jets win seventeen to three. New Orleans Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons forty-eight to seventeen. Uh, back and forth game in the first half, 17-17, going in half, Saints score all 31 points in the second half, including a touchdown late, but giving the ball to Jamal Williams for a touchdown, his first touchdown of the year, head coach Dennis Allen, I told him to take a knee, Falcons head coach, now ex-coach, Arthur Smith, uh, took uh, um, objection to that, and Cursed out Allen after the game. Allen said they were supposed to take a knee, apologized. Regardless, Jameis Winston had something funny. Yada yada yada. He's kind of an asshole. But regardless, the Saints get the win, but they don't make the playoffs because the Buccaneers won against the Panthers to win the NFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars complete a collapse of a, a an epic collapse of a season that had so much promise initially. They were eight and three, then Trevor Lawrence got hurt. And they couldn't find a way to beat the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee wins 28-20. Uh, the Jaguars had multiple chances. Trevor Lawrence got stopped at a fourth and goal from the one on a sneak. And Derrick Henry, perhaps his last game as a Titan, he capped off with a over 100 yards and a touchdown. He was great, and the Titans get the win. Neither team, neither the Titans or the Jaguars, are going to the playoffs. Seattle Seahawks beat the Arizona Cardinals 21-20. Late touchdown. Passed by Geno Smith, I think it's a Tyler Lockett, and then a subsequent two-point conversion. Got the Seahawks the win, but ultimately they are not in the playoffs because uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Chicago Bears 17-9. Jordan Love played great in this one. Justin Fields not so great for the Bears. A lot of questions now surrounding the Bears offseason. What Justin Fields' future with the team is going to look like. Uh, The Packers are going to the playoffs, though. Jordan Love and the Packers, sensational job on the second half of uh, the the season to overcome that slow, what, they were 2-5 or whatever, and now they're in the playoffs. Chiefs beat the Chargers 13-12, late field goal, uh, won the game for the Chiefs. They had a 97-yard fumble return for a touchdown. That was the game's lone touchdown here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey, among others, the other starters didn't play. Raiders uh, get the win over the Denver Broncos, 27-14. Antonio Pierce uh, makes his final statement for the job. I think he should get it. I think the guys want him to get it. He he got him playing hard, kept him playing hard all year long. Broncos going to be an interesting offseason, but we'll see if Antonio Pierce gets the full-time gig with the Raiders. New York Giants, they get a win over the Philadelphia Eagles, 27-10. The Eagles slump into the playoffs. Losers of five of their last six games. They're the first team ever to start the season ten and one and fail to win twelve games, because they just could. Jalen Hurts got hurt in this game, AJ Brown got hurt in this game, uh, Sidney uh, Brown or I believe you know one of their uh, corners they, he got hurt and he's out for the the postseason. The Eagles not looking good right now as they go into the postseason. Good win for the Giants to end the year. L.A. Rams beat the San Francisco 49ers 21-20. Carson Wentz got the start for the Rams. Sam Darnold the start for the 49ers. And Carson Wentz played pretty well. Well enough. He had a couple of rushing touchdowns, passing touchdown. Rams get the 21-20 win. Cowboys, all they had to do was win, and uh, they'd win the NFC East, or the Eagles could lose, and they did. But Cowboys didn't want to chance it. Dak Prescott, great game. C.D. Lamb, a couple of touchdown catches. Uh Brandon Cooks had one. Cowboys thump the commanders 38-10. And then for the AFC East title in South Beach in South Florida, the Buffalo Bills get a punt return for a touchdown to tie the game up at 14 when it seemed like everything was going Miami's way or they had the momentum. Then Buffalo scored again on another uh on their next offensive possession. They would hold off the Dolphins picking two off late. They get the 21-14 win. To win the AFC East, Miami is in the playoff, but they will play in the wild card round. And it's super wild card weekend this weekend. It starts off Saturday with the Houston Texan Invitational on NBC. Houston Texans, when they're playing a playoff game, 90% of the time they're always in the Saturday afternoon slot on NBC. It's the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC i got to go with the great story in Houston. The Browns are playing good football right now. Joe Flacco is that defense is great going with the Browns over the Texans. Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central time on Peacock. It's a Peacock exclusive. You cannot get it on NBC unless you are in Kansas City or Miami. It's going to be very cold there. One of the coldest playoff games perhaps ever. Did the Dolphins do well in cold weather? I don't know uh is Tyreek Hill gonna Tyreek Hill's gonna play it's back in Arrowhead so that's great for the Chiefs or for the Dolphins who knows Jalen Waddle's Waddle's gonna play who knows if Raheem Mostert's gonna play give me the Chiefs to get the win over the Dolphins Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills 1 p.m eastern noon central time on CBS on Sunday no T.J. Watt for the Steelers Bills are playing good football right now I like the Bills to win that's the seven-two matchup. Uh, I should say the five-four matchup on uh, between the Browns and the Texans. The six-seeded Dolphins against the three-seeded Chiefs. Both those on the AFC side. Seven-seed Steelers, two-seed Bills on the AFC side as well. The Ravens are the one seed. They are off. Then uh, Sunday afternoon, 4:30 p.m. Eastern, 3:30 p.m. Central time on Fox. This game is going to get a massive number. The seven-seeded Green Bay Packers against the two-seeded Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Love and the Packers playing with house money. All the pressure is on Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They're great at home. They haven't lost all year, and that will continue. I like the Cowboys to get the win. How about the Matthew Stafford-Jared Goff Bowl? Between the LA Rams and the Detroit Lions, six-seeded Rams, three-seeded Lions, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central time on NBC. First home playoff game for the Lions in over 30 years. Hadn't won the division since 1993. They're going to be fired up. Honestly, though, No Sam Laporta. Matthew Stafford coming back. The Rams defense is pretty good. I think I'm going with the upset here. I'm going with the Rams. I just like Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams. I like them to take care of that Lions defense. I like them to get the win. And then Monday night, five-seeded Philadelphia Eagles, four-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. How do you go with the Eagles right now? Can you? I'll ride with the Bucks. I think. The Bucks are, uh, the Eagles are favored, but uh, we'll go with the Bucs here to get the win. I, that would be a mild upset, but that's what we'll go with here. And those are your official super wild card predictions here on the Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate you listening to this championship edition. We are high on the Jackrabbits winning. Congratulations to Jimmy Rogers, to Mark Gronowski, Zach Luan, uh, Isaiah Davis. Uh, the Yankee Twins, Zach Hines, everyone there uh, on the Jackrabbits. Uh, proud to be a Jackrabbit. Uh, it's always a great day to be a Jack. Uh, so go big, go blue, go Jacks. Win a third straight one, but enjoy this this one. We're, we, we're all happy that we are Jackrabbits here. Again, go big, go blue, go Jacks. Enjoy the playoff football this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a cold one here. Arctic Blast coming through. For those of us living in the Midwest, so stay safe out there. Uh, if you have Martin Luther King Jr. Day off on Monday, stay inside there for that. Uh, you know, just stay safe out there. That's that's the main thing. So, for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis and Charlie, you can find him on Twitter at ce hildebrand. I'm Nathan. Follow me on Facebook uh, or on Facebook Nathan Stacken. Follow me on Twitter at nd Stackin. Uh, link to the podcast post the middle to later part of each week later this week because of you know some scheduling issues and whatnot. But uh, always as big or as always thank you to Travis and Charlie for joining me. Podcast can be found on archive.org or podcast.com as well as iTunes just search sports block. Uh enjoy the, the playoff football this weekend, college basketball, and the like. As we turn off the lights on the college football season, celebrating the champions. South Dakota State and Michigan. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.